Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of BCS Community Connections podcast and today on the podcast I have none other than Mrs. Brittany Lamberts. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. All right. We uh, we have literally spent an hour talking before we even sat down to record this yeah. so uh, which is commonly the case around this place. I like to talk and so uh, but now we need to turn that talk into this talk where we can actually record some stuff. So uh, you are the owner I'll say owner slash creator of Atlas Bell Studio, right? And so uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about your business there. Business, in parentheses, is businesses, because I know that's not the only thing that you're doing. you got your hands in some other things as well, too. So I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that. But before we get into that, I want people to kind of learn a little bit about you. So I'm going to ask for a little bit of your background. Tell me where you grew up, what brought you here to College Station, all of that good stuff. Family? Um, I grew up in East Texas. Do you know where Tyler is? I do. So outside of Tyler, like 20, 30 minutes, there's a little bitty town called Chandler. Okay. It's like- I- Population 3,000. Yeah. I'm <laughs> not familiar with Chandler, but I know where you're at. It's little bitty. Um, so I grew up there. Went to, and actually, I didn't go to, I say I went to school. I didn't go to school in Chandler. We had to drive eight minutes down the road to a smaller town called Brownsboro to go to high school because Chandler didn't have a high school. 3,000 people <laughs> with no high school. Right. They're like, no, we got elementary, but yeah. that's it. Yeah. You got to go down there. So keep, keep I went driving. to school there. Um, you know, grew up. My dad was from the Tyler area. Uh, my mom was not, um, but her, she had family there, like her grandmother, great uncle, everybody. Um, it was, I mean, it was nice to grow up there, but it was, I say that I, I moved here and I stayed here because I didn't have to drive 30 minutes to get to Walmart. Like that was the appeal of college station. I was like, <laughs> I can get to Walmart in like five minutes. That's I'm right. not leaving. That's right. Right. Um, I came here for college. I had wanted to be a veterinarian since I was a little kid. Okay. I did an internship at the zoo in Tyler. Mm. Loved it. It was so much fun. And I got to shadow under every department, but I hated the vet one because up until that point, I didn't realize that you typically only see them when they're sick. Yeah. It just hadn't, it's not something that occurred. You know, I was like, oh, I want to help them, you know, right? Like as a little kid. Um, But then like seeing the animals in their habitats, healthy and fine, you know, not in quarantine or needing surgery or whatever. And then seeing them there, I was like, Oh, this is really boring and it sucks. Yeah. I don't want to do this. But I was like, I, I do want to go to college, you know, and I'm the oldest of my siblings. And so it was all this pressure and my grandfather's name is on a building at A&M. So I was like, well, I got to go to A&M and, you know, being a vet, like it was the only choice. Right. Yeah. So I came here for college and by the time I got here, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I don't want to be a vet anymore, but I don't know what the hell I want to do. Mm-hmm. Hell, sorry. It's, <laughs> okay. it's fine. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not good. sorry. But <laughs> um, this is who I am. Yeah. I mean, unapologetically, yeah. full offense. There you go. Um, so I came here and I was just taking basics and I hated college. Like it was, it was really boring. I hated it. I never enjoyed school, but it was never a challenge for me. You right. know? So I was like, oh, cool. So it's like high school part two. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Only you get to pay to go. Yeah. Cool. Pay I'm paying. Well, that, like <laughs> I, I took an ad class and it was literally like, you know, like open the page and it was like, this is a cow, this is a bull. And it had the definition. And I was like, I am paying for this. Right. What am I doing? And it was like this auditorium <laughs> of like 200 people. And I was like this, okay, whatever, maybe it gets better. We'll see. 
Um, my first semester in college, I did not work and I'd had a job, like I think since I was 12 or 13, like I babysat and then I always worked always, always. But my grandmother didn't want me to get a job. She wanted me to focus on school. She paid my tuition. She paid for my rent. Well, she was a nurse. She was like, you know, I'll pay for this for you. Just, just go. And cause she didn't finish nursing school until she was like in her forties. Mm. So I was like, okay. And then, um, my second semester, I got a job, but I didn't tell her. Um, my little brothers lived, my half-brothers lived with her. And I, every time I needed money for stuff, I felt bad, like I was taking it from them. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just go get a job. And then, like, I can use that money for groceries and gas and stuff and not have to ask her, right? Um, but then it was, okay, well, do I go home and study or do I work this double and pick up hours, you know? And make money. Work, right, right, yeah. like work yeah. took over. Yeah, yeah. And I worked my way up, and it was in retail. It was at PacSun in the mall. Mm-hmm. Um and then the summer after my first year, I was driving by the Pizza Hut on Walburn, and mm-hmm. they had signs out that said hiring delivery drivers. And I was like, that sounds like fun. <laughs> Can't be that hard. I'm very directionally challenged, but maybe it'll make me better at it. That's right. right? That's what Google Maps are for and all that, that other stuff. A, that it wasn't exist. a thing. Right. Like we had to like, we had to go and like, I had to write down like, okay, turn left here. If you're, right if here, you're like, old, then you remember things like map quest. Yeah. Like, like so I had, in. I had, I got my own cell phone and like on my own cell phone plan whenever I worked at PacSun. Cause before that I had sprint, you know, and like when they would uh, charge you like roaming, yeah. like that's what, you know, my grandma was like, your phone bill was $300. And I was like, okay, I'll get one here. You know? So I got one and it was like this cool, like slidey phone. But like any time it tried to connect to the internet, I was like, abort, abort, because I didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> you I'm know? not on the tower. Right. I, like if I said any of that to my kids now, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. To ask them to, to define what a, B, a PCS tower is yeah. for Sprint, because I've pretty much been on every single service that's out there. And you had to be on the PCS tower. You were roaming. Right. And then it charges you. You're like, I'll just turn it off. Yeah, it was horrible. (laughs) So I got my phone. Anyway, I applied at Pizza Hut and I got in and I was the only girl that worked there. And I was the only girl delivery driver. And I, like, I wasn't intimidated. It was fine. I had worked in food in high school. Yeah. um, And people asked me like, well, why did you work in food? And I'm like, because if you work in food, you won't starve. That's right. Like, remember, like, I was a poor college kid yeah, worried about, right. like, buying groceries, all right? Yeah. So, like, even if I didn't have any food, if I worked, I was guaranteed to eat at least once that day. That's right. And, I've like, I said that to Sam, and he was like, <laughs> I never thought about yeah. that. But I was like, I mean, for real, you know, like, there's mess-ups or cancellations or whatever, yeah. you, you know. you got to lock like, in hey, for some pizzas going right. to get messed up here somewhere. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, like, you can change up the toppings a lot because, you know, everybody's like, do you get tired of it? Like, well, kind of, but there's so many things that you can change, you know. Yeah. Um, I got tired of Dairy Queen a lot faster than I did pizza. <laughs> so when you were talking about the small town earlier, that's what was running through my head because everybody knows every small town has, has a, a Dairy, Dairy Queen. Queen in it. Right. right. We did when I was in high school and then the owners moved. Um, and so like they took down all the signage and now I think it's been like four or five different things like the building. Mm. But yeah, we and now they have a new one like right outside of town. But yeah, yeah for sure. Um, it's still Dairy Queen. Yeah. They make it look fancy. Well, no, 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 I'll drive and I'm like, that's where the Dairy Queen that's was. Right. You know, like if we go through my hometown. Um, so yeah, like I was in college and did that. And then I worked my way up in Pizza Hut. I was 19. Um, got passed over for a promotion because I was 19, because I was a girl, which kind of was a bummer. Um, but, you know, I was like, like they, Pizza Hut, and I don't know if they still do it, but at the time they did this thing where they would hire assistants and GMs and if you had a degree didn't matter what the degree was in right you automatically got paid more than because you're showing that commitment is I have a piece of paper that shows that I have the tenacity (laughs) to finish what I start like you know and I but I was like like my GM and he was super cool but he had a a degree in history Mm. 
and zero food experience. And I was like, this guy, mm. I've been here for like a year and a, okay, okay, that's cool. Whatever, yeah. you know? Um, so then I went to Dairy Queen. Um, this is your first good taste of leadership in the corporate world, right? Yeah. Okay. I was real, real frustrated. And like our area manager was cool, but I think like, you know, she was like, like you do your job well, blah, 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 whatever. It's kind of, you know, it's out of my control. And I was like, it's, it's nothing personal. It's just business. That's fine. Sure. But I'm going to go over here where they're going to pay me more than, cause then they brought this guy in and he had come from retail. Super, super nice, but he didn't know what he was doing. And I was like, this is awful, awful. Yeah. So I went and then whenever, where's my history, where's my history yeah, professor? Yeah. I want him back. Yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> so I went to Dairy Queen and then I guess I'm through my sophomore year and I'm getting to where I'm having to like pick like major specific classes mm. and I still don't know what the hell I want to do. Right. And so I was just kind of taking classes like random and I told my grandma, I was like, I'm going to hit the pause button on college she was devastated. Mm. She was like, I really don't want you to do this. I feel like this is a bad idea. And I said, it's not going anywhere. Like university, college, anywhere. It doesn't matter where I live. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. I, I can, can go pick back. it up next year right. or two and years. And she's like, but I'm afraid that you won't. And right. I said, right now I feel like I'm throwing money in the toilet mm. because I don't know, like all these classes that I'm taking just to stay enrolled. I don't know if they're going to eventually go to whatever degree that I choose if I right. choose one. Right. And then like my mom and, and my siblings and other family members were like, why don't you just pick something? And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to pick something just to pick it because what if I do and I graduate and I go to get a job in that field and I hate it. Yeah. I know me well enough to know that I'm not going to stick with it, but I sure as hell don't want to just go back through college again to do, you know, like I no, just, I'm I not. Mean, so this is the story of, of potentially 85, 90% of college kids. Right. I mean, they end up with a degree that they net. I don't want to say never use. There are probably pieces of that that they use and what they're doing. Right. But it's like, I thought I wanted to do this. But I don't really now that I'm well, but like think about how much you change between like 18 and 22. Sure, right. Your brain is still this big, right? And And you're figuring out who you are and what you like and what you don't like. And like you know, for me, like first time like living on my own and being away from my parents and all of that stuff. And I was like, why we're pushed to make these really big affect the rest of our lives decision? Mm -hmm. And honestly, in two years, because you have the first two years to decide, right? I was like, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> we you need can, more time. Yeah, you can float through it the first two years with basics and things like right. that. Right, like there was enough crap that they could fill that they were like, this will all right. transfer to whatever degree. Because at the time I was like, oh, just pick general studies. It's yeah. fine, you know. Yeah, you're going to have to have this stuff right. no matter what. Right, so. I was like, okay. But then I got done with that and I was like, oh, I don't want to just keep doing stuff to do it because mm. then what if and honestly i was like i don't want to keep doing this like yeah. this is i feel like it's not for me and what's but interesting that was a really unpopular opinion yeah well what's interesting is it's not even your money it's right. your grant yeah you know, you're, you're over here and i felt and so bad i know but i mean to that point it's it's not you know and you probably feel completely different about it as well probably more passionate about it if it's you know your money that you're putting right. out and so you're you know again it's a story of a lot of kids' lives here where somebody else is footing the bill on it, and it's just kind of like, oh, float this thing along, man. It's no skin off my back. My parents paying for it or right. whatever, and that is what it is. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have the college life. I'm going to live that college life. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. So I quit, um, and then I went to work at Furniture Row. I got married. Um, I lost a very good friend to suicide. Mm. Um, we worked together at Pizza Hut, and mm. that kind of – I guess put things into perspective for me and changed it, you know, and, and I mean, like I, I, not like I felt invincible at the time, you know, but I, 
losing someone, especially someone close to you is a really good reality check of like life is really short, yeah. you know, and like you don't know what's going to happen. Sure. So I go to furniture row, get promoted in four months, which is unheard of. Um, I'm married and then I have PCOS and I have thyroid disease and I'd been on birth control to help control my PCOS. It's polycystic ovary syndrome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, I'm familiar with okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Remember so people, I told you before yeah, we right, went on there, right, right. I've spent a All bunch of issues, money. Right. Yeah. I know way more about having okay. a baby than any man should know. So. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> help your kid. It just cost me $200,000. That's all. No big deal. It's cool. like my own degree. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so I, I got off of birth control because it was making my cyst worse. Mm. We were married. I was like, oh, it's fine. I had been told when I was 19, they thought I had ovarian cancer. Um, they were like, you'll not be able to get pregnant on your own, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, they lied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I The week that I got promoted, I found out I was pregnant with my son. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, this I've always wanted to be a mom. I've got lots of siblings. I was super pumped, you know. But that definitely changed things because I, I got super sick. And at that morning sickness was all day. And it was like Real. from about six weeks till I delivered him like Ooh. the whole time. Right. Mm. So I ended up, I quit working, um, did the stay-at-home mom thing. And then when he was two and a half, my not-the-baby-anymore was born, mm. my daughter. Um, so I was staying home with them, but I want to back up my, my son's first Christmas. He's six months old, right? We're super, super broke. My husband at the time was in restaurants. He was an assistant manager at Dairy Queen. Um, and I wanted to get my son some of those cute little crocheted beanies, mm-hmm. but they're like $20 mm-hmm. each, right? And that was $20 that we didn't have, but I was like, well, I could get like a $3 thing of yarn and just learn how to crochet yeah. and I'll just make it. My grandmother could never teach me because I'm left-handed. So I found these YouTube videos that this lady did that she does left-handed and right-handed. She's phenomenal. But she has these these portions in her videos where she slows it way down. So you can actually see. Because the, the trouble is, like, I'd watch these videos and they would go so fast. And I was like, I don't know what you're doing with your hand. Like, yeah. I can't. They're, like, in step, you know, 47 right. down the road of right. being able to and do I'm this. Like, and they assume you I already know I still haven't. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I watched her videos and I practiced and practiced and I got better at it. And I was able to make him some beanies. And then I made some for um, some of my friends. I was in a birthing class, and so we all had our kids, I guess, within, like, six weeks of each other. And mm. the first round, we all had boys. Mm. The second round, we had girls. Pretty cool. Yeah. So I made beanies for their kids. And then one of my friends um, was like, you should open an Etsy shop. And I was like, F you. That's really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, no, I'm so serious. And I was yeah. like, do you know how saturated that market is with yeah. crochet stuff? Uh, like. Yeah nobody's going to buy anything for me. Like I'm having fun making them, yeah. you know, and I'm getting better at it. But I was like, no, that's real, real dumb. And so she's like, I'm just saying, I think you're good enough, whatever. And I was like, yeah, no, no, thanks. It's fine. So then she did some research, like to find out how much it costs to start on Etsy. Mm-hmm. And she kind of started nagging me about it again. She's like, it's only 20 cents a listing. I looked it up. Like, it's not like you have to build a website or anything. And I was like, I just feel like this is a really bad idea. But, yeah. but she's like, we already have all the stuff. Like, so just take pictures of it and just try. And I was like, all right. In your head, your head is telling you there's a million listings on of Etsy. Crochet. Of people who are doing right. All I was of this like, stuff. it's yeah. like, like I get, like, it's nice that you don't have to make your own website. Like they already get, and at the time Etsy was not what it is now. Like no. so many people were like, what, yeah. what is it that you sell on? What is that? Yeah. You know, like they knew what eBay was. Um, but it was just, okay, well, what do I do? Like, I just need to divert some of the traffic that they're already getting versus having my own standalone website. So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. So I did it and I put some listings up and I waited and waited and I didn't sell anything for a little while. I think like three months. 
and I didn't put a lot of work into it either. And there wasn't, there weren't like eBooks or like video courses or anything for like how to like get your, your listings to rank higher. Like none of that shit existed. (laughs) It was just like, okay, well I can go look at other shops and see what they're doing. Kind of try and take notes. And that's it. There wasn't SEO. There was nothing, you know, that was like available to us. Right. So, and then three months after in the, I guess a week I sold three. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Like I wasn't really discouraged. So I was like, we'll just wait and see. I think it was like off season whenever I started to. Yeah. And so that kind of picked up and it gave me something to do. Had my daughter still going. Um, and these are things you can do without it being a huge pull off of right, know, right, right. Mom, like, you know, like nap stuff. time or like when the kids are in bed or right. whatever, like they're playing in the living room. So I'm sitting there because it's really easy like to stop and put it down. Right. You know, yep. and it was just something that I was just, I wanted something to do. And then like, I think a lot of other people will be able, like, whether you're a stay at home mom or a stay at home dad, like if you, you leave the workforce and you come home and your full time job is taking care of your child and your house and whatever, but you don't, you're not making a paycheck. Right. Right. And so like, for me, that was a really big struggle because I had worked up to that point until I came home on maternity leave pregnant with my son, I had always worked Mm. and I'd always been able to pay my portion of the bills. And so that was really, really hard adjustment for me. Mm -hmm. Like, do I have to ask for permission to spend the money because technically it's not mine because it's not my paycheck, mm. you know? And then there's a lot of guilt that comes with it. Like, well, I'm doing this, so we're not having to pay for daycare. And we're not how, having to pay for all these how things. How long married were y'all at this point? Um, whenever, well, we got married in 2009. My son was born in 2010. And then my daughter was born in 2012. So, so I'd been home. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, and I'd eight. been home for a couple, but I mean like before that, like he'd had periods of being unemployed and I, I worked and I kept us afloat yeah. and you know, so it was just, it was a dynamic shift and it was fine. Like all of it was just me. Like I felt really, really guilty and I felt like I just, I need to be contributing. I need to help. Like we were poor, yeah. you know, single income. Yeah. Our bills were really minimal, but we lived in like a two bedroom duplex and like mm. we didn't have car payments and you know, and so that was, it was just all of those things. I was like, okay, well I guess I can like just keep going and like, making new things and see if they sell, you know, whatever, taking custom orders, it's fine. Um, so I did that. And then my daughter's right after my daughter's first birthday, we separated. Um, there'd been issues. We were so young Mm -hmm. (laughs) together. Mm -hmm. Um, so we separated, ended up getting divorced. So then I have to go back to work while I went back to food because that's where I had, like, it was really easy for me to get right back in the door, right? So I put my kids in daycare, and I went back to Pizza Hut. The area manager was the same lady who'd been the area manager whenever I was in college. So I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, The networking exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she's so funny. Her name's Karen. She's from New Jersey. She's, like, just over five feet tall, but she's, like, rough grit sandpaper. Like, she, but she knows what she's doing. Like, she's really, really good. But then, like, if you talk to her about personal stuff, like, Mm. she totally switches and she's, like, got this big heart for her employees. Like, she's let employees, like, move in with her whenever they've been homeless, like, to get them back on their feet. Like, she's Mm. really, really cool. And so I was excited, you know, but, and she knew, like, she knew me and my soon to be ex husband. We both, we met at Pizza Hut. I met both my husbands at Pizza Hut because I didn't learn the first time. I, I was never a big dater. And so, like, if we hadn't worked together, I'd probably still be single. Well, you talk about where you're going to spend your time. I <laughs> right. mean, a well, big I'm, chunk of your time. If I'm there 40 or 50 yeah. hours a week, like, I'm sure. not going to, oh, okay, cool. Let me go home and get dressed up and go to the bar. Hard pass. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So. Two slices on the table. Me, you, out there yeah. right now. Let's yep. go. That's it. <laughs> so I go back to work, meet my now husband at Pizza Hut again. And I was like, oh, my God, man, it was great. Um, and then he, so now we're in, we meet, we're dating, whatever, working like crazy, get promoted. And then I end up back at the store that I worked at 
in college, which was fun. And it was cool because like, so I'm at least a decade older than all of my employees, right? Mm -hmm. Most of them are in college, Mm -hmm. not all of them that they were different than the crews that I'd had at the other stores. And I had like good crews, like good employees, but this crew, like as a whole, nobody would leave until all the prep was done. Like they didn't just bail on each other. Yeah. And it was like, even if, if the driver's side work was done, but there was a bunch of dishes left in the other stores, the drivers would be like, all right, I'm done. I'm clocking out. Come cash me out. You know, whatever. They would all step up to help each other. Mm -hmm. And I didn't breed that. Like that was there when I got there. And I was like, well, that was this is really cool. Yeah. You guys are great, you know? And so I enjoyed being in the store. It was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of hours. Yeah. And whenever I had worked in food before, my dog was waiting on me at home. Yeah. Nobody else, yeah. you know? Um, potty train. <laughs> right, good. right. It was like if I had to go home real quick or like have my neighbor let him out, like it wasn't a, a big deal, but it got to where it was, you know, it's, it's, and the other thing about food is it's not nine to five or eight to five. It's, you know, like you get there at like nine, 10 AM. And then the schedule is just a suggestion. Like if it says that I'm supposed to get off at 8 PM, but if we're in the middle of a rush, that's a joke. Mm -hmm. I can't leave until we're done or it's the the responsible thing to do. You know, events are going on. Right. Or like like Aggie football or, or, Oh, it's Friday night and it's raining. Great. Yeah. I'm not leaving till midnight, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's, that's just the way that it is. Right. And so it ended up, um, more often than not, it was, I was missing dinners and bedtimes. And so I was having to like step off the make line to go call and tell my kids goodnight. And they're crying, you know, and they want to, cause like if I had to leave early that morning, I didn't see them. So then I've gone the whole day and I didn't see them. And so it was a lot more of that. Um, January, 2016, my husband got fired unexpectedly, no write-ups, no warnings, nothing, just fired. And it was a huge wake up call for me because I was like, there's this perceived security in In a paycheck in like having a a normal job, but especially in Texas, what's an at will state. Mm -hmm. Like they can take it from you whenever they want for whatever reason they Mm -hmm. want. And there's not shit you can do about it. Right. We were saving up and we were in the process. We just started the process of our first home. So I was like, well, cool. (laughs) Um, And I still had to work for the guy that fired him which was a lot of fun. So we weren't married at the time. We wanted to get married, but we couldn't both take off from our stores. (laughs) Right. So he got, he got fired on, I think Friday or Monday and the following Saturday we got married in his parents' living room. Cause I was like, we have time now. Yeah. Let's get married. And he was like, all right, you're already off. Right. I was like, (laughs) like, why not? Right. So he ended up getting unemployment cause there was nothing, which was great. Right. But I, you know, I was very much like, shit what are we gonna do you know like we have kids take it whatever um we closed on house got the house at the end of march and then in may i gave him a month's notice and at the end of june i left and i like my boss at the time had wanted me to give up my sundays off it was my only weekend day off my son was in kindergarten and I really didn't want to. Like, I was working the hours I was supposed to work. I was working the the peaks, like the lunches and dinners that I was supposed to work. Like, my store was good. My numbers were good. And he was like, I just want to see if this percentage, blah, 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 whatever changes. And I was like, no. Yeah. I don't want to. Um, but I was really upset about it because I also am like, I don't like to get in trouble. And I don't, you know, like, I'm not disrespectful, but I was like, I don't see the reason to do this. And, like, if you're just looking for a reason to fire me because I'm being insubordinate, you found it. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. This is my hill. Right. I'm willing to die on right. this hill right Well, now. and, like, I had been getting more and more miserable up to that point to where it was, like, like manifesting physically mm-hmm. in things that were happening to me. And my thyroid was really, really off. 
And so all these things are happening. Like days off, I'm counting the hours until I have to go back. So mm-hmm. even when I'm home, I'm not present. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I know, you know. We were just talking about right. that before we went on air. It's and it it sucked and and like crying on my way to work because I really just did not want to be there. And it wasn't my crew. Like I said, I, my crew was amazing, mm-hmm. especially when I was dealing with all the health challenges. Like they were wonderful. I just was like, it's I'm choosing them or I'm choosing my family, mm-hmm. work family or my family. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and so I, after that phone call, when he asked me to give up my Sundays, I was crying like silently on the phone and I told him, I was like, I don't want to. And he's like, okay, we'll think about it. No, but I hung up and I knew in my heart then like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm done doing this. I can live out of my car, but I don't want my kids to live out of my car. Mm -hmm. So what is the right next step for me? Like, is it, I need to start actively looking for something else while I'm still here because there's not a lot of time because I have to work, you know, like 48 hours a week. Right. Um, or do I just take a leap of faith and walk away? I'm not against going and getting a different job. I'm just done with this. Mm-hmm. I'm done with this environment. I'm done. And so I asked my husband and he was super, super supportive. He was like, just, just quit. Just walk away. We'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Which is weird. Cause he's normally not like that. Like he's normally like pessimist. Like let's think about all the ways yeah. this is going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, here's no, every no. bad thing that's right. going to happen. Right. If you do this, right. He, that's who he is. And I'm like, no, it'll be fine. Like I'm the eternal optimist, but it was, it was really cool and I guess like it gave me a lot of peace like hearing that from him you know, he was like the support right he was like you will figure it out that's who you are we're, we're gonna be fine mm. that's just a job you can get another job so I was like okay and I prayed and prayed and prayed because I had so much anxiety and worry about like I'm making the wrong decision for my family like I'm putting my family in a really really bad spot mm-hmm. and I just had this overwhelming peace and I was like okay like, I think that that's the answer is like, I've been given peace about it. I'm not anxious anymore. And I can't see the road 500 yards in front of me, but I drive in the dark anyway, cause I can see a hundred yards in front of me and I know that the road is going to be there. So mm-hmm. like, I just have to just go and I, I think everything's going to be okay. And that was in 2016 and everything's been okay. There's, there's been times where it gets a little scary or, you know, like math wise, I'm like, well, the number shouldn't have been there, but it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, in February of 2018, I brought my husband home. Um, he was at the Dairy Queen in Caldwell, and I was doing other things on Etsy, and then I accidentally started a daycare, too. Uh, <laughs> so Found these kids on the road. Yeah, here. like, come on. But I, I called him, and I was like, I need you to come home. And he was like, okay, like, early? Like, what's going on? And I was like, no, like forever like i am already making more than enough money to pay our bills your money's just extra but i can make up your income if you're here to help me mm. and he was like are you sure you know because i had already taken that leap but again like him being like the pessimist he was like oh i don't know about was that. he still was he corporate uh, you said where was he working Dairy Dairy Queen. Queen, right he so he's corporate world still mm-hmm. you know corporate world's already mistreated him over here in this mm-hmm. other one now he's back in corporate world again mm-hmm. you know and again like you said earlier and touch base back on this is is there's comfort in the corporate world right, right. the assumption is, is it's the perceived comfort yeah. of the like the, the paycheck security right yeah like you know that like listen i mean i know dairy queen's not going anywhere right so that's your first level of comfort so you're going and I know that I'm good enough to do my job. So those two things match up, which means long-term security for me, for right. my family. And you put all that back into that, right? Not realizing like one change in that line of dominoes, which 
for a lot of folks that are in the corporate world, one change is one supervisor change. That's what happened at Pizza yeah. Hut. Oh, yeah. We had a new area manager came yep. in and he changed a lot of things, wanted to go in a different direction. He sure. got rid of all of the managers except me and then one other one. Mm-hmm. And it, he didn't need a reason to do it. Yeah. But that's what, you know, I was like, I don't want to give that much control to anybody ever right. again. Yeah. You know, because look at where we were and what we were doing. Like, we could afford... At the duplex, we could afford everything just on my salary. Right. But we're getting ready to buy a house and, like, double our rent, you know. And, and like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. why, And I don't, not a lease. Right, right, right. Like, this, a, is, yeah. this is a mortgage. Yeah. It's like a years, Cool, this yeah, is a 30-year yeah. commitment. Right. Yep. So it was a big thing. And so he's at Dairy Queen, and I asked him that. And I was like, just just think about it. And some things had happened where he kind of wasn't happy. Like, he'd, he'd been misled or, like, lied to a little bit. Mm. Um, and so he was like, all right. So he came home. And, uh, yeah, so in 2017, so at that point, I'm doing the accidental daycare, um, and I'm doing crochet stuff on Etsy. So I came home from the restaurant, and a couple of my friends who were still in the food industry were like, hey, since you're home, can you babysit so-and-so? Because they had sitters, because, like... I was waiting for you to explain that. Right, right, right. Yeah, sorry. I, lo- I say that, and people are like, what? I'm like, because, I, I, like, if you knew anything about me, like, I love kids, and I love my kids, but I'm, I'm not... I can never be a teacher. I'm just, I'm <laughs> yeah. not patient enough. Right. right? Um, but my friend, like I knew them and I knew their kids right. and like I could watch them past five 30, which mm-hmm. most daycares couldn't like when my kids were in daycare, my schedule at work was very rigid, but I had to negotiate it with the area manager before I committed to it because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm a single mom. Like I have to leave by five 15 to pick them up at five 30. I right. cannot close. I can't work. Um, weekend unless my ex has the kids Mm -hmm. and then I'm happy to it's not that I don't want to step up and because you know those are like requirements for being in management um so my friends were kind of in the same boat like they had sitters but they were teenagers you know off and on whatever they'd and sometimes like hey my sitter bailed I can't come to work or I have to bring my kid with me stuff like that and so I was like yeah sure I can watch a kid that's fine I was like extra money whatever Mm -hmm. you know so then I turn around and I've got like 10 kids and then mine, and I was like, what the hell have I done? You know, and like, it was fine. Like I was super picky about the parents that I took, right. you know, more so than, and they were really young. It was fine. Um, I'm registered through the state and licensed, whatever, blah, blah, blah now. So don't yeah. freak out. Like somebody's over there like right now. Right, right, right. Like I promise like it's legit one. Well, like now, like we, we watch one kid, like it's not, we've, we've, I've scaled it down, but it was, it just, it was an accident. Like yeah. it honestly was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to help my friends. And then like, oh, well she told her friend so-and-so who also worked in a restaurant. And I was like, you know, sure, whatever, it's fine. It was just, so I'm just kind of winging it and going. So I'm doing the Etsy thing. Um, and then I, my, the same friend who pushed me to open an Etsy shop, she has a silhouette. It's a die cutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like a cricket. It's just a different brand. Yep. And I asked her, if she can make me a decal for my car. And she was like, yeah, come over. I'll show you how it works. And I was like, okay. You know, so I go over and she's showing it to me. It's super cool. And she says she likes some shirts and stuff that she's made. And she was like, you should get one of these. And I was like, no, we've already done this. She was like, you could do a lot with your Etsy shop. And I was like, you're not listening. We've already done this. Right. This is real dumb. And she's like, I'm just saying, cause I was like, that's $200. Like yeah. that's, that's a $200 machine. Right. Like if I mess up with yarn, I pull the hook out and pull it and then just fix it. Like what if I'm, this is expensive. No, mm. I don't want to do this. Like I would love to have one. But I was like, I just don't know. No, Jessica. No. <laughs> right. So we're waiting. And then she's like, hey, I'm just saying. So then she's like sending me like, like picture ideas. She's like, you could make this. You could because she knows she's like, you can make anything like that's just who you are. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this. So Black Friday rolls around and there's one on sale on a bundle. And I was like, oh, OK, all right, all right. So I got it and it sat 
on the shelf in my closet for like a week before I pulled it out because I was terrified. Like I can still take it back. Right, right, right. Because again, I was like, oh, it's just expensive. And it's, like, oh, it's intimidating because it, I'm not familiar with it. Right. right. So then I pull it out and I'm kind of playing around with it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fun. So then I joined some like silhouette groups on Facebook like to learn. Um, and then I see, you know, people are kind of making doormats. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And at the time, um, my mother-in-law had five inside cats and six dogs and then some outside cats and a cat at her gym too. She was that lady. She was that lady. (laughs) Right. So like whenever I was dating my husband, you know, I'd go over there and you know, like cats, like when you walk in the house, you typically don't see them. Right. right? And you couldn't smell it. Like it didn't smell like animals when you'd walk in. But then my mother-in-law would come sit in the room and it was like this cartoon character, like pulling things out from behind her back. Like slowly (laughs) these cats would appear and I like one time I was like, how many cats does your mom have? You know, because I'm like looking around. I was like, I didn't know that you guys had inside cats. First of all, like I knew that you had dogs, but holy crap. And he was like, yeah, it's ridiculous. And so I was like, she should warn somebody. Like, what if I was allergic? You know? Yeah. So I, I was like, I'm going to make her a doormat for, I think, Mother's Day or something. Um, and it said, just so you know, there's like a lot of cats and dogs in here. It was kind of like a sarcastic snarky, like, there's your damn welcome and right, warning right. for people Wipe coming your to your house, right? But she loved it, and she thought it was funny, and a lot of her friends and everybody thought it was funny. And, that, and Jessica was like, that's what you should do. You should make doormats. And I was like, no, this is the worst idea. Do you know how many people make doormats? You can buy a doormat for like $10 at Target. Yeah. I can't make them that cheap. Right. And she was like, no, 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 make them funny. Make them like you. Make the ones that you can't buy at the store. Mm. And I was like... Okay, but I have to figure out a way to do it where I can make mock-ups. Because, like, with crocheting stuff, I had to physically make the item to be able to to take a picture of it, right? And I was like, I'm not going to buy all these doormats and then make them and then just wait for them to sell. Like, that's it's a all of this is a much bigger investment than it did with, like, a $3 thing of yarn when I started, right? Yeah. So I figured out how to do a digital mock-up, and I was like, okay. And so I slowly transitioned my Etsy shop to just that. And then took the crochet stuff out. Because, like, I was still getting orders. But then, like, I started getting orders in the holidays for, like, baby blankets and stuff. And those were really, really time-consuming. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, like, neck-deep in doormats, I don't have time to sit and make a baby blanket unless I'm staying up all night, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, this is kind of cool. Like, it was, it's taking off. So I, I phased out all of the crochet stuff. So now I'm doing doormats and babysitting kids. I have my husband come home. Because during the day, it was a whole lot of stop and go, like painting orders, you know, changing diapers and taking care of kids and all the things. So he comes home to help me. And that was fun. It's like I knew that we worked well together because we already had. But, you know, like whenever you're working by yourself and you're an entrepreneur and you start and it's something that you've grown, you're used to doing everything on your own. And then you get to the point that you're like, well, I, I know that I can't afford to not hire somebody or have somebody help me but I'm not sure what to delegate because at this point I've done everything on my own. Well, and there's also that part of if I do it, I know I'm going to do it right. Right, 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 right. It's going to be a one-time shot and I'm not going to screw up a doormat that's going to have to go in the trash. I mean, you know, so yeah, releasing the control of that, uh, control may not be the right word. It's the right word. It's the right word. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but releasing that and teaching and training somebody else that, with your husband, it's probably a little bit different. But let's say you've got an employee. Mm-hmm. They're not nearly as invested in it as you are. It's as much as you want to train them up. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, I do get paid for this, right? I mean, that's kind of right. what it becomes at that point. 
So uh, huge challenge, not just for an entrepreneur, just in general to release some of that control back. You're relinquishing it and going, yeah. okay, and like I can delegate this. And like it was, especially with him, like I, I knew I could train him. So like that's his management style. Oh, I'll just do it myself because I want it done right the first time. Right. But like whenever I got to his store, he was running the store and all of his employees were sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. And he was super stressed. And I was like, why do you do this? And he's like, cause I want it done right. And I was like, train them. Yeah. Train like you have, you know, like different levels of employees. And so I'm more of like, okay, I'm going to train you. And if you don't do it right, then it's just an opportunity to coach you and show you that I, I want it done a little differently. That's right. right. So eventually yeah, you we'll figure get there. it out right. or I, or I'm going to be like, this isn't the job for you. Yeah, Let's yeah. find something else for you I'm to do. Promote you to somebody else. Right. I've had, <laughs> so I've had to do that. I had to do that last year. Um, so anyway, so we're rocking and rolling with the mats and then I'm having fun with it, you know, like looking up like different phrases and things like making sure like that it doesn't already exist that I'm not like copying someone else's design, right. things like that. Um, and when I did that, it was like real easy to get like over the, cause in, in Etsy, it's like a hundred listings is kind of like the magic number. Mm. Like if you get a hundred or more, like you rank higher, blah, 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 whatever. So doing the digital mock-ups, I was like, oh, this is like way easy to make all these, you know? Right. Yeah, you can knock that out on a weekend. Right. Like, I mean, I just took a picture of a blank doormat, and then I'm just, like, playing with phrases and fonts and stuff and putting yep. it over it. So I did that, um, and they're taking off, and I'm having more fun with it and trying to think, like, again, like, what can I do, like, to set myself apart? Because there's a lot of – and at the time, there were not as many people doing doormats as there are now. Um, but there were a good amount. But most of them were the typical, you know, like, pretty welcome, mm-hmm. you know, or last name or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I want to do – different. I want to do ones you can't buy in the store that your neighbors are not going to have that also make people laugh or smile at right. least when they yeah. come to your front door. Like that's my goal. And it allowed me to be me, you know, like express my personality and be true to who I am, which I could never do in restaurants. Like, yeah. like I, I had my personality like with my crew and stuff, but you know, when you, when you work in customer service, you have to put your customer service hat on mm-hmm. and there's a, a mold that you very much have to fit into. Sure. And so it was kind of freeing to like, well, I can do whatever the hell I want with this mm-hmm. and nobody can tell me any differently. Like, so, and I knew like I'm going to attract certain clients and I'm going to repel certain clients and that's okay. Yeah. Like I'm really, really okay with it. So we're going and I'm having fun with it and doing different things. And then where are we at now? So we're trying to get pregnant, trying to get pregnant and I'll get pregnant and then miscarry by the time I get to eight weeks because my thyroid. So 2018 July, um, I get pregnant with Ellie and I don't lose her. And you and like anybody who's lost a baby or pregnancy, it doesn't matter where, like they'll once you're snake bit, it's always there. You yeah. Know? So it's like I don't want to be hopeful. Like, I don't want to get worst. attached. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so like, I mean, at this point we've had like fifteen miscarriages. Mm. And I'm like, mm, okay, well, you know, we'll see, we'll see, whatever. And so we're working. Um and I don't lose her and she's our our only together. Mm. So we're super excited. Working, but then scaling down the daycare because I was like, I don't want to have all these kids whenever I have a a baby and I'm recovering from a C-section and I'm trying to breastfeed and all the things, you know, um, and just shifting Mm -hmm. things, you know, up until that point it was, Oh, we can handle both because these kids go home by five 30, blah, blah, blah. It's fine. 
raising our kids. I homeschooled before it was like cool before it was like, before, the, it, was COVID. before it was mandated. <laughs> right. Well, and I feel so bad for the parents that like got forced into it. Cause I very much believe that that's not something that you should be forced to do. I understand like they're doing what they have to do, yeah. but I'm like, no, that's a choice that you should have like to make. My, Cause listen. there are certain days that the bus would drive by that. I still was like, wait, wait, you yeah. know, like, my wife and I found out very quickly that we suck at trying to teach our kids. Yeah. Anything, it's hard really, when it comes down to it. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And that was, that was forced. That was back right. when, you know, in March or whatever, 2020, where they're like, we're going to finish this thing online. And you're like, hey, I'm finished. Oh, it's fine. No and then you're deal. like slamming the computer. Yeah. You're like, whose idea was this? Yeah. When does school start back up again? It's horrible, right? Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. I feel really bad for all those parents because, like, like, and, and I, my kids, my Aiden and Amelia, they have very, very different learning styles. And I knew that like, just from like trying to teach them their alphabet and phonics whenever mm. they like two and three. And so I knew like I had to adapt and help but i was like i can teach my kids you know smack them around if they get lippy <laughs> That's right. but you know different than like being like a, a classroom teacher but it, it was it's been a lot like to juggle yeah you know but i have really really enjoyed that my family has access to me all day you know unless like this or like meetings or whatever like they see me more even if i'm working 40 or 50 hours a mm-hmm. week I'm at home. So they see me more than they would if I was working somewhere else. Right. And they see what you're doing while you're there. Right. Well, and like like we've talked a lot and it's really cool. Like being an example for them. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, my son talks about like the, he wants to work in a restaurant really, really. And I'm not discouraging him. You know, I'm like, we got a while till you get there, but he, he enjoys cooking and he enjoys food. And so like we've tried to foster that. Um, my daughter is an engineer, like she loves making things and she's super, super creative. And so it's again, like she watches us and the the dynamic in our home is a little bit different too. So like my husband's dream job was to be a stay at home dad. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wish granted baby, you know, so he's home, but like, yeah, pretty much. Right. (laughs) I wouldn't eat if it weren't for that man. Yeah. Like, cause I'll be working all day and doing this, but he's, he's cooking and he's taking care of the kids and, and hanging out. And it, like, that's, that's his job is he doesn't like, if I need help with doormats or boxing or whatever, like he'll do it, but right. he's, he's a stay at home dad. And he's like, sweet. I love it. But I like that. My kids get to see like dad's in the kitchen, dad's changing diapers like that, you know, cause that's not that it wasn't the norm for me growing sure. up. You know, and even whenever I was with my ex, because he worked, like he didn't do any of those things. Right. It was, it was the female role. Mm-hmm. So we like that. I've been able to provide that example for the kids. It's a lot of fun and it's, it's unconventional for sure. Um, so then in, where are we at? We're in 2000, baby was born in 2019, yep. April, 2019, she's born. Um, and then, you know, I'm not. So, so before we get too far down the road here. Your crochet shop on Etsy turned into mm-hmm. Atlas, basically, at that point? Or was it always Atlas, even when it was crochet? It was English and- House Crafts. My okay. my last name with my ex was English. Okay. Um, and then we split up, and I was like, well, I need to change my shop name. Yeah. You know, that's not my like last not name anymore. Any credit for that. Right, right. No, sir. <laughs> so, well, he, and he wasn't supportive, so he shouldn't get any that's credit. That's right. So it's me, baby. <laughs> I, I, we get along really well. We, we co-parent really well. Yeah. Like, it's, we've always, because we both came from broken homes. Yeah. And so we were always like, you know, even if this doesn't work out, 
kids first, no matter what, yeah, you know, like awesome. we don't fight in front of them. So it's, we have a really good relationship and I'm very grateful for him. He's remarried. She's wonderful to my kids. They're great. But he was not supportive of my Etsy venture. He was like, you should be spending more time with the kids, blah, 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 whatever. And there were weeks that I was like, the only reason we bought groceries is because I'm on Etsy, yeah. but thanks for my crocheting. Yeah, thanks yeah. a lot. Right. So <laughs> this is milk right here. <laughs> exactly. About. Well, I mean, you know, at the end of the week, I'm like, I made $300 this week. Like it was definitely wasn't getting rich, but like, you know, for being a, a single income household and the income was not extravagant like right. that extra money helped like even if it was fifty dollars if it was sure. a fifty dollar blanket like cool i can make a week's worth of groceries work on fifty dollars if i have to yeah. you know so i changed the shop name um and i've had people go what does that mean and i'm like i hell if i know i don't i just i was playing around with words i knew that i wanted bell like to signify a female owner but i mm -hmm. didn't want southern bell you mm -hmm. know like there's southern bell boutique blah blah whatever and i'm not knocking them but it, it in my mind it carries a certain like imagery with it mm -hmm. and that's not what i wanted that wasn't your imagery right 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 <laughs> You're like, and so I, I was like southern bell has not yeah, been associated no, with my that's name. not me at all <laughs> um and then i i like studio because it doesn't tie me down to one specific thing right you know like it, it wasn't like atlas bell crochet items or atlas right. bell doormats it's it kind of encompassed but now people go where's your studio and i'm like it's in half my garage like we've converted <laughs> like it's isn't it my house it's just come on into my know, studio it sounds real fancy yeah. right my right. husband's in the back of the studio making uh, lunch <laughs> it's fine not a big deal it's you know a little 1200 square foot house it's right. fine right. when i said so it's we have four kids now uh one of them is with us part of the time and my father-in-law also lives with us three bedrooms two baths filling it out <laughs> three dogs <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a little bitty but i mean we've made it work and i'm in a garage full of mats and yeah. yeah well and like literally so the people that had the house before us they had six kids and only one of them was a boy i think the oldest was a boy they homeschooled all of them um they're really really wonderful people they're very sweet we've met them since then you know but they had converted half the garage they put uh like a temporary wall up and then they also built like a little room for the the sun mm-hmm to get away from That's his right. sisters. I, can't. I need an escape. <laughs> right. So we tore down the walls that made the room, but we kept the big one up and then we got AC put in, uh, vents put in. So it's like my laundry rooms over there, but then like all the rest of it is my workspace. Yeah. We made it work. Comes your work studio. Yeah, pretty yep. much. So it's, we'll studio. do there. Yeah, 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 I say yeah, that like loosely go. do that. Um, so we'll paint mats in there. Like if we're really slammed, like there's two stations to paint mats in there and then we can do it. It started on the kitchen counter. Like, Cause I could look and see the kids real quick and, yep. and be painting and doing it there. So we do that, um, in 2000, in the fall of 2019, one of my really good friends asked me if I had ever considered doing events like painting parties, mm -hmm. like, you know, go. And, and I was like, that sounds real stupid. This wasn't Jessica, right? No, this wasn't <laughs> Jessica. This was, I mean, she's come up with all these other right, great like, ideas. So she, she hardcore gets credit for those first two. Cause I would not have done it if she hadn't consistently pushed me. I just didn't, I didn't believe in myself. I was like, sure. nobody's gonna, you know, that's really, really, well, dumb. everything you've described so far, every step is kind of like, mm, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Right. Like, I was just like, I don't know because how do like, am I going to be able to set myself apart enough that this is worth it? Right. You know, because it's, it's like the same as someone says, Oh, I'm going to sell jewelry. Like, that's cool. Do you know how many people sold jewelry? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying don't do it, but what are you going to do so that you're a What's standout? Make you because that's right. That's a, there's a lot of noise in that crowd. Sure. Right? So kind of the same. Yeah. Um, so my friend, Stephanie, I went to high school with her. She asked me about doing events. And again, I was like, I don't you think people want to paint their own doormats. Cause she'd been at my house and like, see me do it, you know, and help. And like the, my process with the stencils and everything, I don't use vinyl for my stencils. I use cardstock. Yeah. I tried vinyl once and I was like, 
F this. This yeah. is horrible. I fought with it the whole time. And like I've worked with vinyl, but just doing it that way, like it wanted to stick to itself. Because yeah. you can't your cardstock's stiffer, you can right. work with a little bit better. I saw But then your, I can hang it up and let it dry and then reuse it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I saw your setup so and you're meticulous about it because you, there's a ruler out because it's gotta be mm-hmm. this this has to be some inches up. This you gotta has to be center some it, inches up. Right. And then you're what kind of tape are you taping that down? Just with? painter's tape. Okay. I saw it tape. It almost looked like cutting tape almost or something. It was real thin. It my, was so my husband, so Stephanie ordered uh, my husband three rolls of really, really skinny. Yes. Yeah. That's what I saw in the picture. Tape. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I was looking at your setup when you were setting this mat up in order to paint it. And I'm like, man, there's a lot, you know, cause people are just going to just going eyeball it squared up here my cardstock should be center but i yeah. mean you're looking at it like but like, you can't tell if it's not until you get done and you pick up the stencil and you go yeah. shit yeah like it's you're like this is <laughs> no good. and then okay well there's a ten dollar mat going in the trash because yeah. you can't save it you can't yeah. do anything with it yeah right so it, it, to back up a little bit you're in a market when you're creating this deal because i'm i'm walking back through your thought process here Cause you're sitting there, you know, I, I sat in here with an entrepreneur talking about like somebody could go buy something similar to what you do mm-hmm. and it's 1999 at the store, right. Mm-hmm. Or, or whatever. And she was charging in this tumbler, she's charging 50 bucks for it, but it's also the idea of exactly what you're describing. You're not going to find what I make somewhere else. Or let's say you have an idea for what you want on there and I can make that come true for you to exactly what you want that you're not going to find in a store. But in order for me to specialize that, it's going to cost X. And X is going to look a lot different than the $15 doormat that you're going to pick up at a Walmart or a Hobby Lobby or wherever you're buying these things from. And so you're now in the market of going, okay, welcome, all that other stuff. That's all off the table. I'm not interested in those things unless you're interested in those things as a customer. And then I can make it. I'll be happy to make, but it's not, yeah, it's not going to be in my repertoire of, of baseline stuff. When I'm putting a hundred things up on Etsy, nobody's coming to Etsy looking at my page to go welcome on a mat. You know, they want something. They want funny stuff. that says like, beware ferocious attack rabbit. Yeah. The one that I saw was the Clark uh, Griswold. Yeah. 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 Not 2020, but 2019. That was my bestseller for Christmas. Oh yeah. Well, you had like four people, I think. I don't know if you did a class on it or something, but I saw like four people's. Some people did them at classes. And then I had people like whenever I would go set up as a vendor at different events people would buy that one or they would order it and then come pick it up yeah again because it's unique you don't see it anywhere in the market now maybe i can go find something similar on another etsy page or whatever but then how much of your business is local business uh a lot of it now yeah like i'm as i've grown so like i last fall or not i say that i still pretending that we're in 2020 i don't know why um in 2019 fall 2019 i started doing vendor events and then i was at first friday at ruby grace and the owners the co-owners of we the women entrepreneurs group Mm -hmm. came to my table and i'd kind of heard about the group from frankie wiley from specialties photography Mm um she was coming to pick up cloth diapers for her soon to be born granddaughter or whatever. And so we got to start talking and she was like, have you heard of this group? And I said, no. And so I looked it up on Facebook and I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. I feel like it's got a lot of potential. It's really a cool place to have, you know, like-minded and, and that like safe dumping ground, you yeah. know, for like asking for ideas or making connections or whatever. Cause up to that point I hadn't been able to surround myself 
with people that were like-minded or people that work for themselves. Yeah. I, I didn't know anybody. And yeah. I've been here since 2006. I just didn't know anybody. Well, you're low. So <clears throat> if the majority of your business is local, that also means, look, I got to protect my name and my business mm-hmm. model as well too, to represent that these people are in my backyard, not right. literally, but I mean, they're here. So right. uh, they're going to be referrals. Mm-hmm. They're going to be people who will, uh, you know, it's going to be a talking point for somebody that shows up at somebody's doorstep. Right. And anybody that comes to your house is going to walk across it. Right. Right. I right. mean, so it's not like it's something that's going to change, but in my head while you're talking, I'm thinking, okay, then there's holidays, there's a Valentine's, mm-hmm. there's an Easter, there's, you know. And you're, right, you're, so like a doormat is something like typically you change like every season yeah. because it gets worn out or, and then you have special holiday sure. ones, right? Yeah. So it's it's not like a, oh, well, I, I got this cute wall sign, but I don't really need like a bunch of wall signs because right. this it's not going to get worn out. Nothing's going to happen to it. Well, and it is an out of sight, out of mind item. Like you buy it, you throw it down. You really don't think about it again. And, and then the, you look down and you go, oh, yeah. it looks like shit. I need to get a new one. <laughs> well, and the next time you think about it is somebody comes over and goes, that's a cool doormat. Where'd you get Where'd that? Where'd you from? get it? Yeah. yeah. You know, so again, it becomes a talking point that for you, the business card is literally sitting on the front door of all of these people that are doing it, whether they're taking a class on it or whether they're ordering it special through you and having you do it. Right. What do you think your percent is? I mean, do classes, well, let's back this up. Classes. So So, I started in fall of 2019. Stephanie was like, you should do these. Where were you doing these at? So I started doing them just in people's homes. So like I, I thought about it cause I had to work out the logistics of like, okay, well if I do this, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. You know, like, am I taking a bunch of stencils that I already have? Am I letting them like custom pick a design? And if I do that, it's fine, but I have to have them enough in advance so that I have time to cut and put all the stencils together, blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know, taking the paint, whatever. It's fine. I'll, I'll just figure it out. We'll do it live. It's fine. Whatever. Like that's how I, I just always roll that way. Um, so I messaged a couple of people, um, messaged my sister-in-law and some other friends from East Texas and friends from here. Like, Hey, would you be interested in having a doormat painting party? This is what it looks like. I'll bring everything. Like if you'd rather run me over, it's fine. Like, (laughs) you know, cause like I can be the doormat. Right. Like I felt really bad, you know, like I'm not trying to put you out and it's not like, you know, like a, like a salesy, like an MLM message or anything, but just like, I'm, I've got this idea that a friend told me about people do the painting with a twist. People do the board and brush thing mm-hmm. but this is like i'm bringing it to you yeah in your home with your group of people where you feel a little more comfortable kind of like to let loose than you would like in a public setting with other people right mm-hmm. yeah that was the idea and they all said yes that they would love to do it they were like i've never heard of that i've never considered it let me ask my friends we made facebook um events and did it and then pretty quickly i was able to like okay i need to change this i need to get more of this i need blah 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 because i'm i'm there by myself setting up so like if it's a larger party it takes a little bit longer but it's they're drinking and snacking and talking and having fun um and it very very quickly became a thing and then so i also kind of like put on a comedy show like while because people will start and they're they're either super excited or nervous or both but when they start painting it's real quiet yeah because they're They're concentrating right and they're like i don't want to mess it up and i'm like it's a ten dollar doormat it's not that big a deal like i can i can fix almost anything so something that people (laughs) probably don't know uh so my mom being a single mom one of the things she used to do she used to do something called tri kim tri kim was a painting party 
uh, literally the same kind of deal. Not the same kind of deal. I mean, it's tube painting. You could paint on material. You could paint on all these different things. But she would do the same thing. Her goal in selling this was to sell the paints and okay. sell the kits and do all that other stuff. But she'd go to somebody's house. They'd have this little gathering. They'd all paint their little deals and stuff. And then at the end of all that, okay, you've had a chance to use the paints. What do you think? And she's trying to sell it on the backside. It didn't generate a lot of money. It was expensive. Um, but it was, you know, most entrepreneurs that I sit down in here talk about the experience. Mm-hmm. You're really not paying for the doormat. The doormat is the end result. Right. But the in-between is really what matters. Right. It's getting friends together. It's glasses of wine these going out. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. laughing, and it's this is cool, and this isn't anything I thought it was going to be. Now, in my head, I'm trying, are you doing stencils on the fly while you're in No, there? so I'll create a Facebook mm-hmm. event, and then whoever is hosting the party, I make them a co-host, and they invite all their friends. Got it. And that's all they have to do, because I don't want them to have to be the middleman relaying information back and forth. I'll, like, I put the ticket link on there for people to pay for their spots, and then I'll put information, I'll drop a bunch of pictures, like examples, doormats that I've made, doormats that have been made at other parties whatever mm-hmm. um and then i'll tell them you know like you can draw inspiration from anywhere like here's my etsy shop if you want to go look and see over 100 designs that i have mm-hmm. you can look on pinterest if you already know like you want one with your last name on it whatever like whatever design you want either type it out here or mm-hmm. like if you have an example picture i'm not going to copy that design but i'll do something similar right drop it here right on the event page but so specifying then, that to their right. request which may be their family name that right you know, whatever but you're doing you're you're doing all the pre-prep work before you this show This is up. before. And so, yeah. like, on the event, you know, I'll tell them, like, I need all the design requests no later than, like, two days before the event. Mm. Because I have to design and cut and piece together all the stencils. Right. Inevitably, people wait till last minute. Whatever. <laughs> like, I've had people, you know, like, a couple of hours before the party, like, if it's a local party, like, hey, is it too late? And I'm like, what do you want? Like, yeah. what do you want on it? Like, yeah. because if it's something intricate, yes, it's too late. But if it's something super simple, like a phrase or just your last name, I can do that. That's fine. Right. You know. Um, but I figure that, like, if I put it at two days, like, it us- it typically gives me enough of a buffer for those those last-minute tricklers. It's fine. Are you piecing this together at your house before you transport it? Unless I don't have time, yes. Right. Um, so, like, during the holidays, it gets a little crazy. You know, just parties and events and stuff are stacked on top of each other. So, I'll at least have them cut. And then whenever I get there, I'll place, piece them together pretty quickly. So, I don't have the fancy equipment that you have yeah. out there. <laughs> so, my cutter is just... 12 inches right. wide, yeah. right? So, and I use uh, cardstock, so it's eight and a half by 11. Right. So I'm cutting the design for a 30 by 18 mat or mm-hmm. a 35 by 24 and then just piecing the pieces yeah, of paper you, together. Yeah, you may use four pieces to right. create an entire stretch across And that's that. on a small one. Right. Right. So do that, get them all together, um, load up the, I mean, now we've got, I mean, it's a system and it's down, you know, it's a box with all the paint and there's squeeze bottles and the brushes and the cups and right. the napkins and all the things. So, so I started. So for people that don't know, and I guess we should probably bring them in the loop here a little bit. Coconut mats. It, it's coir. They're coir. It's yeah, coconut right. fiber Sorry, mats. Yeah, no, you're fine. That's a that's a customer habit yeah. there of throwing in coconut as it. But uh, these are these are all blank when you're initially yes. starting. Yes. And then they're basically you know as a party or as a class because really it's probably classified either way. Uh, you've got all of these bookings that are happening. People are, are prepaying. Uh, so when you show up, you know, like, Hey, you've already paid for this. This is what it is. Yeah. Like when I go, I know how many I'm going to have unless it's, um, so like after the first fall season that I did it, I started doing them. 
um, in restaurants, um, kind of to help because of COVID because like now I know like I can draw a crowd. Like I have like people want to come to these. Right. So if I come to your restaurant and I do one, like you're not charging me an overhead for the place to host it. Cause I can find anywhere to host them. Sure. My goal is to bring people who then will buy food and drinks from your restaurant. Yeah. And we both win and cross, but you basically co-brand here, like right. get your stuff in front, right. but I can bring them to right. your place. Like you're having this cool event. It's local. Yeah. And then all these people are going to come yeah. shop at your place. Right? Yeah. So, um, in February of 2020, I was booked all the way through June Mm. and then we shut down Yeah, and they had to cancel all of them. And I was like, well, there's thousands of dollars gone. Um, yeah, because nobody's Shit. getting together. Yeah, there's <laughs> right. nobody getting right. together. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, it was, you know, like up to it, you know, kind of like whispers, like before March, I had some and they were like, should we cancel? Should we, you know, and I was like, I don't want you to do anything that you're not comfortable with. I also don't want any negative blowback, you right. know, like should we You don't want to be the business to, that has right. your name attached to a super Right, I don't want event. anybody to feel like we're being irresponsible because it's definitely not what it was. Like there was a lot of talk and like, I don't know what the right thing is because if we say no and we cancel it, like people are going to be mad and disappointed that we canceled the event. Yeah. So it was just kind of like talking about like okay well here's what i'm comfortable with here's what you as a business owner are comfortable yeah. with you know and we'll apologize and move forward because at the time it was we have no idea what in two weeks what anything's going to look like right. so it's just kind of you know playing it yeah up. and then the same deal that you don't want your business to have that attached to it people people in general didn't want to have right. a gathering attached to their name right that potentially created something or put a loved one a friend or whatever at risk right so you go virtually to zero probably. Yes. Yeah. And very, so, very quickly. Yeah. Um, before that I had considered doing like kits that I could ship because I had a lot of people on social media that live too far for me to drive or they live out of state that mm-hmm. really wanted to do parties. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless you have like 20 or 30 people and you live in Oklahoma, it's not gonna be worth it for me to draw. You know what I like? It sure. just, so yeah. I was again, like the logistics, like how do I, and I hadn't really given it a whole lot of thought because I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't have people do what they have to do. Right? right. And it's time I didn't have to do it, but I, w- I was real hung up on the stencil part because, um, if the stencil gets torn and messed up, you don't have a party. Like I was driving to a party in East Texas. We were on highway six and we had the big turtle thing on top of my SUV yeah. and it wasn't shut all the way. Mm. And the doormats were in there and the stencils were on top and it blew open. I heard it open and my husband and I both looked because I thought we'd hit something. And then I looked in the rear view, looking at the road, thinking we'd hit something. And my stencils are are hitting the road and being torn up by Mm. other cars. And I just was crushed. Like, cause that's it. Like I spent hours putting those together. We have a two and a half hour drive. Mm. There's no go home and recut them real quick and go and make the party on time. Like that's it. It's done. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, Freestyle. Yeah, 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 right. I felt really horrible. And like the lady that was hosting, like she was one of my my coaches in high school. And I felt, and I was like, she's going to think I'm full of shit. But I was just, you know, I was like, I can't, I can't save it. Like there's nothing I knew. This was a learning opportunity for both of us. We got home. My husband was so upset. He was like, honey, I didn't. And I was like, it's a, it was an accident. Like, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. This was learning. Like, the stencils never, ever, ever don't go in the back of the car. Right. Like, they, they yeah. go in the car. That's From fine. You're on out. Right. It's cool. So, it was fine. But, so, that was, you know, playing in my mind. Like, I can just see if I ship this flat with the stencil. Because I, I typically ship the doormats flat. Just, like, sandwiched between cardboard. Right. If I ship it flat with the stencil on it. But something happens and it gets torn. They're going to get it. And it's going to be useless. Yeah. Same, same concept. Like, right. And I don't know, want to hey, do by that. By the way, Brittany, those came and they're not any good to me. Now what do I do? Well, I can't send you a stencil and roll it up because then how are you going to get it? To, so it was just all of these, like, I felt like I was like, it's just too many moving pieces. I'll worry about it later. Yeah. 
So then shutdown happens. We have to cancel all those events. And so very quickly, I was like, I have to pivot. Mm. I got to figure something out. Mm -hmm. So I launched the kits, the doormat painting kits. So what I did was I made designs specific for the kits that have like flowers and stuff on them. Mm -hmm. And I paint the outline and it has words, you know, like it'll say hello or welcome or whatever, but it's got more stuff for you to color in. Mm -hmm. And I'd made one just to make it as a doormat, like pretty springy, you know, Mm -hmm. it said hello and had flowers and I hadn't colored it in. And then I colored it in and that's kind of what I was like, this, this is how I can do it. Right. If I send them this, it's like a big coloring sheet. Yeah. Now I just Stay have to figure out. Right. Yeah. It's easy. Like it's idiot proof, right? <clears throat> right? Like it shouldn't cause you anxiety. It's a lot of fun. Yep. You can customize it however you want. Yep. I just got to figure out the paint. Mm-hmm. How, what do I do? Okay. So then I'll go get those little like 50 cent bottles from Walmart, mm-hmm. send some brushes. All right, cool. Let's go. So I launched them on social media. And again, I was like, I have no idea if this is going to take off, but we'll see. I got to try something. Yeah. Something so versus I sold, like, nothing. 50 in the first week nice. and I was like, all right, cool. So I'd like the looks I got in Walmart. Cause I'd get the cart and like book it to the paint <laughs> and like all the little bottles yeah. that I could get of yeah. the colors that I use. So my cart would be full and people would be looking. Yeah. Brittany, do you have a school? <laughs> right, right, right. Like, no, I'm repainting my house. It's fine. Yeah. Like I get like that. Or like whenever we go get doormats, you know, we'll have like these big like carts stack full and people are like, what are you doormats? Huh? And I'm like recarpeting my house. Yeah. You know, or like, I'm real sick of the grass and the ants, so I'm just throwing this outside instead. <laughs> you know, and they kind of look at me and I'm like, I We're going for that Arizona right. look where right. it's uh, just all brown. Rock outside. garden, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's, of course, I'm like a smart ass about it, you know, but I got really interesting looks. But then it got harder to find paint because everybody's staying at home mm-hmm. and they want something to do, right? So then I'm like, quit buying my paint. I need this. So then we, we again, had to adapt. Like, the kits are doing really well. I had to get buy like bigger things of paint and then get smaller jars to put it into, which ended up being like more cost effective. But again, it was just, I'm just rolling with it. Like, okay, this is working. People are buying these people are giving these as gifts to people, you know, to cheer them up because of the shutdown or for mother's day or whatever. Um, I also started sewing. I've known how to sew forever. I have a sewing machine that my uncle bought me a long time ago. It's my least favorite hobby. Mm. Um, before the masks were mandatory, like some of my friends, you know, they're like first responders or they work in pharmacies or they have relatives or friends that work in pharmacies and they were wearing the same mask for like a week or two. Mm-hmm. And if they could wear a cloth mask, I was like, okay, cool. So I started making them and I was just taking donations of either like fabric or like people were like, here's 10 bucks, here's 20 bucks. Like, so I could go buy more materials to donate like right. bags full yeah. to these groups. And then, um, people, were talking about they were hurting their ears Mm -hmm. and so then i was like okay let me play with this design and see if i can come up with one that you know like has straps but it doesn't pull on your ears like for people that have to wear them all day right um the and then somebody from the we group asked me if i could make one and then put vinyl on it for the heb manager or the powerpoint one charles charles (laughs) right so i I said yeah yeah i can do that so i made him two (laughs) that said they were red and they say heb and they have the straps they don't pull on his ears and it has a little smiley face and then he sent me this list of like all of his employees wanted them and they were paying for them you know and i was like okay and then that kind of snowballed because then i started offering that design and for a lot of people the people that were having to wear them were having to wear them all day Right. Like, cause they were essential workers are still having to go to work and do it. And so then I was like, I had like April and May of 2020 were my busiest months in business to date because of masks and because of the doormat kits. Right. Like it was insane. And I was working a ridiculous amount of hours. I couldn't sew fast enough. It's just me. Um, I hired my first employee and then my second employee and my third employee because of that, because, mm-hmm. and, and it was like that. Okay. I got another sewing machine. Let me see. 
that's not the job for you. Okay, we'll find something else for you to do. So yeah. I ended up, and my most recent employee, she was really, really good at sewing, but it took going through and like, okay, well, that's fine. You can't do that, but you can paint doormats and you can box them. So I'm going to have you do this over here instead, you know, just kind of moving around. Um, so we did that. Still make masks a little bit. Um, you know, once everything kind of opened back up and then like manufacturing production and you could buy them in stores, it dropped off. But right. Yeah, all of a sudden, people, you know, we laugh about it because when we were in that portion, the same time frame you're talking about, people would ask us, how are you doing? And I go, well, you know, we used to be a screen printing and embroidery company that's turned into a mask company, Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and it started as people, you know, do you guys sell masks? Well, let's check some of the vendors that we have. And we'll see what we can come up with. And then we find a couple of vendors that are doing it. And we're like, okay. And we order a couple samples and that kind of starts. But then all of a sudden we're looking at it going, dude, like we are getting a lot of requests for these. Like we're going to have to start figuring where this source is going to come from. Mm -hmm. Like, and let's start, let's don't go out because all of the sudden in 2020, especially March and April, being a mass company, like was the thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so we were literally, we were going to vendors that had opened their business in March of 2020. We weren't real sure what we were getting. We were a little nervous as a business to be dealing with those kind of companies because they were, I hate to say the word, but they were fly by night, right? Pop open, do make money, close down. And that, that was kind of what it became. So we went to a staple line of it, but it didn't stop. It just kept going. Mm -hmm. School starts up. Hey, we're going to need, you know, 2000 for this high school and 2000 for this high school. And so, you know, it, 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 for us, it became very quickly that we had to pull in sources to be able to do that. Right. If I'm going to consistently fill these, I got to. Right. Know. But now that you in the retail world, you know, you walk into a place and you the first thing you see, now. they're right, right at the door. Right. Here's our mask, you know, and go to a Bucky's and you can get a Bucky Beaver mask and <laughs> all the other stuff. That's yeah. in there. So, I mean, they're all over the place now. So the, the trend has died. No, not the trend. The request has died off because, because they are everywhere. Available. Yeah, they are right. everywhere. And right. most people aren't thinking in mask of just going, I oh, want this so personalized and all that other stuff. Right. They're just like, oh, yeah, gotta have I gotta it. have like gotta one have a bunch for of this them. car, one for that car. My kid loses them. Oh yeah. 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 So, I mean, if you go to my truck right now, I literally have 12 in my truck that are just thrown in there. So you always, <laughs> yeah. So what's really funny is somebody gets into my truck and it, this, this is real life and I'm sure everybody can relate to this. Did you bring your mask? No, I forgot it. Here, yep. pitch it to the back. Yep. You know, so I've done that. Um, yeah. So, Haley but again, actually has one of my backup because I've had a couple. Yeah, you're going with where the river is taking you. So, I mean, you, you see that to. there's a demand there, right? And the requests are coming in, and so you're like, oh, listen, man. Like, and then it was ship now, and whenever people started being able to go back to work, they wanted their business logo on. Yeah. You know, because yep. they're like, well, I feel like it just kind of adds that personal touch. Or, you yep. know, like if they're a realtor or something, like they don't have a uniform. Yep. But it was just something. And sure. so, like, well, I do vinyl. I do shirts. Yeah, I can do that, too. That's yep. nothing to yep. slap those on there. Um, Brazos Hospice Valley reached out to me, and they wanted to partner to do a one-for-one -one program. Mm -hmm. So we did that. So, like, if you bought one of the fitted ones, I donated one of the rectangular ones with the elastic ear because it's easier for the elderly to put those on. Yeah. So we did those. I think we were up to, like, 300 something it was ridiculous like that was a whole lot of orders and it was really really cool because i underestimated yeah how well that would do and how because i was like not many people are going to want because both of them came with the logo yeah. it's like 
no reason I want to wear a mask that says Brad's Hospice Valley. I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I was so wrong. Yeah. And it, but I mean, it was great. Like I was very happy. I was yeah. very grateful. You know, I was like, I, I would love to do this to give back. That's fine. I just need to make enough money that it covers the supplies. It's cool. Yeah. Who knew that mask would be something that you would, <laughs> that you would mat, mix and match to your outfits. I right. Mean, you know, yeah. Like, I I'm need serious. a blue one. I need a red one. My I husband wants that. a black one and then he also <laughs> needs Navy and yeah. 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 It was crazy. All right. So you turn into a, a not completely into a mask business, but this is something again that you you, you stretch out and start another line of business to right. that. What else did you have your hand in during all that time? Um, I mean, so the we group, I mean, we weren't, we had a whole lot of things planned, you know, like classes and, and all kinds of, but we had to cancel all yeah. that. Um, we're, we've been able to pivot that a lot. Um, and I'm really excited about this year, you know, just in the world of zoom now, like everybody's used to it. And whereas before, like, I feel like if we would offer like, Hey, we're doing this class or like somebody's coming to speak slash teach about, um, social media marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to zoom. Yeah. Like, which can we do this in a hotel conference room? You know, now and everybody's like, cool, can I get the zoom link? Where's like, I'll pay, you know, pay $10, whatever yeah. for that. So we've, we've got a couple of things changing there. Um, and like, I'm like, I had made other stuff before that was not the dorm. Like, so my husband hammers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just like regular, like two eighty eight from Walmart mm-hmm. would handle either wood burn mm-hmm. a message on it, like make the stencil with vinyl and color and, you know, wood burn it or just put vinyl on it and then seal it, you know, like a happy father's day, dad, you know, or grandpa, I love building memories with you. Right. Uh, my favorite is a pregnancy announcement. Dad, thanks for nailing mom. You know, <laughs> nice. funny, funny stuff like, yeah. you know, but, and, but those are like very specific, like holiday items like that. Or like I, I sell uh, boxers with on the, on the left leg, like it'll say nice and it has a rooster on it. There's some other <laughs> sayings and, the, but it's like Valentine's day is the big thing for those, you know? Right. So like, like for those holidays, that's all I was selling, you yeah. know, for, so for like two weeks, I'm like working like crazy doing these hammers or doing boxers. And my husband was just, he'll stand there and look at me and like this pile of stuff on the table. And he's just like hammers. Like, did you ever think? And I was like, no, I didn't, but it's, it's what we're selling and I'm just going with it and it's yeah. fine, you know? But again, it's very specialty, you know, like funny, whatever well, on brand. You've managed to bring in line things that don't, I don't want to say don't exist, may not exist in this market right. or may not be commonly seen in the market. Right. And so it's really being able to raise up to something that doesn't exist to create the thing that now people need right. or didn't know they They're needed. They're like, oh, I, I totally need that for yeah. this Or the holiday. uniqueness of it. Again, right. the uniqueness is really kind of where it fits. And that starts all the way back at where you're at the mats. You know, it's like, I don't want to create something that you can just get anywhere. I want to create something that... I want to stand apart. Yeah. And really drives the demand back to me. Right. And not off into another world of, you know, Etsy shopping and Amazon. I don't want to just look like another shop. Yeah. And staying local, you know, so that, again, this is your backyard. This is really kind of what you want to ensure that your name carries value as your business grows and that people are looking at but you know again word of mouth i don't know that i can stress enough in it and and, you know one Mm -hmm. of the things that we had on the sheet that we were talking about we're talking about advertising Mm -hmm. you know and it's that's a tough avenue to be in especially when you start working things virtually because it's not as simple i spent time in here talking to dallas and you know dallas got six shooter marketing and we're we're discussing you know, you want to hope as a small business owner that you're just going to like put this thing on Facebook and it's just going to grow legs right, and right. run, right? But then you start quickly understanding, like you were talking earlier, the algorithms and all those things that are attached to that 
they're constantly moving. Right. Like you figure it out. And as soon as you figure it out, something else has moved again. I I heard somebody saying something to the effect of, what was it? You have a hundred thousand customers. Let's say you have a hundred thousand people that you can reach on social media, but only 3000 will see your post, Mm -hmm. you know, and people would look at that. If you're not in the business world, in the personal world, you always see these little posts where people are like typing on there. If you can see this message, reply to it. And it's really yes. just kind of the idea of going, how many people are actually seeing this message? Right. But you know that, like, yeah, I got 3,000 friends. I know 3,000 people aren't seeing this. But if you really look at the equation, only 90 are probably seeing it. Right. You know, and then that may change. It may modify again. But a lot of that is also based on the interaction with your posts that you put up. You don't get a lot of interaction on it, then it just gets buried a little further. Right, it's just going to get just lost. You see it. So right. some of the stuff that's popped up on some of these pages uh, have been things like, what can you do to help small businesses grow and get their advertisement out there? Well, like their posts, share their posts, yes, tag their friends. Interact, like, interact with the post. It makes such a difference and it costs you nothing except yes. for a little bit of time. Yeah, because the algorithms are basically looking like you put the post out, how many people were really interested in this? How much attention did it get? Yes. Right. From your friends or from your line of, of influence that you're getting to. Mm-hmm. And so if people are just looking at it and just pass over it and scroll past it, and later on they want to tell you about, hey, that was kind of cool that you did that, but they didn't hit a like button. Well, Thanks again, a lot. Yeah, it didn't do anything. <laughs> right. Like you didn't do anything to help me garner the right. next post being that much more visible. Right. So the more interaction you have with it, liking, commenting, replying to something, tagging whatever, people, yeah, sharing, just something, yep. interacting with it, then creates the next posts stretch. Right. And the more interaction you have with each post that you go, the it's more, a yeah, the yep. more the next one will push further out. Right. So then that leads us into some things that you <laughs> you stretched into. Uh, I told you I was going to come around to this. And, and then I told you, I don't even need you to explain <laughs> it to me. I'll let you explain it to the listeners that are on here. <laughs> Taste bud. Torture. Torture Tuesday, Tuesday. Right. This is on your Instagram. Is it on Instagram? Most it's of, on that's Instagram where I found and it. Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So. It gets a lot of it gets you a lot had of traction. A lot of opportunity that you didn't seize. You could have had something really weird to make me eat. <laughs> I know, I know, but I needed you to explain this. Like, I've got a I have a neighbor that anytime something odd goes on around our neighborhood, especially if it's happening at my house, there's a picture taken and the text goes through and it just simply says, "Explain this?" Question mark. That's it. Right? Like, and it's all in fun, but you know that's exactly what I'm like seeing when I see. There is a bag that shows up in your post and I'm going to let you walk everybody through this because it does garner. It, it doesn't have anything to do with what you're doing. No, it's, there's not a coconut mat in there. I'm there's not selling not anything. Not I'm anything not, I don't on. make money off of promoting the gross food that I eat. Nothing. <laughs> right. Nothing. But it's on your page of all the other stuff that you're doing and it's gotten traction. Like people are interacting with it. Right. Yeah. So tell everybody about, <laughs> Tell everybody about Taste Bud Torture Tuesday. So the very first employee that I hired, she's one of my best friends now. Her name is Kaylee Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, I hired her just to kind of help. I She does social media management now. I've built her business. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was helping with my social media and helping me do, you know, organize and whatever. And, and she brought over the 
Trolls Oreos that had Pop Rocks in the the icing of the Oreos. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) And she was like, I wanted you to try it. Like, I can't, I'm kind of undecided on like if I like it or not. Mm -hmm. So... I ate one and she filmed me and apparently my face, my face is real loud in general. Mm. Like I, I don't, I don't hide it. Yeah. yeah. And I got these giant eyeballs. <laughs> I just don't hide anything. And so like, it was a lot to eat that, you know, cause it's like exploding, but like it's, it's the, the candy goes against like the chocolate and the cream. And I was like, I don't like this. What is, <laughs> I don't, this is awful. And so it was kind of funny and we had a good time with it. And then she was like, so I have this idea and I was like, I'm a little nervous, but okay. Mm. And she was like, you make really good faces when you eat stuff you don't like. And I was like, I definitely don't like the, where this is going. And she was like, what if it's like a thing like that we do every week? And I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, that <laughs> yeah. sounds really At awful. My expense is right. Like saying. you're not having to eat the gross shit. Right. I am like, what, what am I going to eat? And she was like, well, that's going to be part of it is it's going to be a surprise. Like right. you don't find out until, and I was like, okay, can I set some like hard limits then? Mm. So I'm a sissy when it comes to spicy stuff. Mm. Like if it's above a pickle, it's too spicy for me. It's real <laughs> stupid. I hate it. Like everybody else in my family, they're like, are you serious? So I was like, so don't make me eat hot stuff. Cause yeah. like it, it makes me sick. Like yeah. I don't, I don't enjoy it's that. It's good that you're setting boundaries on right. the front side. Here. Right. Right. I was like, like, like it's not gonna be funny if you order like the world's hottest chocolate you know like i like watching those videos of the guys like eat that and like drink a bunch of milk but for me it would just be like i'm gonna puke and nobody's gonna have a good time it's gonna be fun so i was like so no spicy stuff right and can we not do bugs please i really 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 don't want like maybe we can ease into that later yeah. but i don't want to start with like dried bugs cockroach. yeah i just like i can't i will i don't like it i don't want to do it so she was like okay i was like those are your only rules other than that go and so she gets on Amazon and orders some stuff. And then she's like, when are we going to do this? And she had my friend Jessica make the graphic, the Taste Bud Torture Tuesday yep, graphic. Yep. And I was like, this isn't my project. This is yours. I'm just at your mercy. So whatever. And so she's like, all right. So she came over. And then I got there and she had the, the gift bag set up with something in it. And I was like, I really don't want to do this. Like, this is, <laughs> I'm so dreading, like, what is in that bag? And like her face, she was just like, oh, I just can't wait. Yeah, comes. yeah. Like, it was awful, right? So... I'm like, I have to like feel it first and like pull it out. I'm like, okay, it's not very heavy. And it was that pickle cotton candy. Mm. And it's, you know, so it's okay. Look at it, smell it, smell kind of weird. Um, and then it, it tastes like the way that an old vacuum bag smells. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like that's how it tasted. It tasted nice. like grandma's vacuum. Oh. Like you just went hey, up those and are green. licked the, <laughs> it was so awful. It was so bad. And so she posted it and we got a whole lot of interaction. And like one of my sisters was like, I look forward to this every week. Yeah. Like it's so great, you know? And so she was like, see, they love it. It's a thing. Like you make the best faces. And I was like, you just like being mean to me, yeah. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. So it just took off. And I've, I've tried a whole lot. I've had people like bring me stuff. And I'm like, what about any of those videos made you believe yeah. that I like these things? <laughs> yeah. Like, why do you feel the need I appreciate to do the that? consideration. Yeah. Like, well, a friend of ours from a, a different group, she got, there's wine. So one of them was, uh, like lollipop, like kind of like a Tootsie pop. Mm-hmm. It was awful. It tastes, it tastes like cough syrup. It was just straight up, just not a good time. Uh, and then the other one was peanut butter and jelly. And it, it, it wasn't bad, but it was, 
wine shouldn't taste like peanut butter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, but it, and it was kind of funny. And I was like, well, I mean, that's cool that like you saw those and you immediately thought of me because of those stupid videos and that stupid idea that Kaylee yeah. had, but I mean, it took off and it's a thing. And so, well, and to the point, the reason that I bring that up, I mean, because again, in the short amount of time that I could research what it is that you're doing, that was one of the things that I found. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but then after what we just talked about, about needing the interaction and needing people to click on it and everything else, but it has virtually zero to do with anything that you're promoting. Right. right? Um, I think that's a missed value in a lot of businesses. The idea is you think, okay, if I put this picture of this rug up and I put this picture of this rug and you know, eventually these are going to something, somebody's going to find one and it's going to be the next big thing or people are going to interact with it. But smart enough to step outside of the range of that to put a few posts in here that really aren't relevant to any of this other stuff just to garner the interaction with the post right so that when the next post goes out of here's a doormat for you more people see it right right and so again i am not the expert on social media marketing by any stretch of the means but any time that you can get people to interact with your post like we said, liking, commenting, sharing, you know, tagging somebody, whatever that looks like. That is the ability to be able to then draw it further down the line as you continue to grow. Not your audience. Your audience is already there. Right. It's unfortunately just being censored as to how much of that audience is going to see your post. Right. Uh, we found here giveaways. If you want to talk about something, man, that will will drive people to interact yeah. with the post is giveaways. But it quickly changed. So when we when we started, for one of the first things we gave away was we gave away a pair of Ultra Boost. You know, these are two hundred dollars shoes. Uh, you know, basically what we tell you was all you had to do was I think it was tag two people or three people. You know, share like it, post, share it, like yeah. it, comment. You know that you were done. Blah 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 blah. Right, and. This literally, when we started our Facebook page, was we literally doubled our people with one giveaway. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I believe it. And then you go back now and you try to do that, and you'll get a kickback from it that says you have violated something. You know, we don't allow this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. So then, if you stay in touch with that, you'll see people that are posting online. Like, here's some workarounds to that. Instead of using these words, use these words. Or and instead then it's of okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that you can still guard that because listen somebody said a very important thing on here you ever watch the social dilemma Mm-mm. on netflix it's it's one of those things you'll never want to use social media again if you look at it but um the the statement was if you're not paying for it you're the product mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. so that's really kind of where you're at mm-hmm. and if you look at it you know as a business i need social media as an advertising realm to work with my business right but Facebook, Instagram, they ain't getting paid for that stuff. Right. So if I'm if there's a lot of traffic being driven to me and they can't monetize that, well then we need to we need to shut yeah, that off and it. figure out another way because what we want you to do, we want you to promote your post. Right. And if we promote your post, then we get money for that. And right. so uh, this is where networking and everything else becomes extremely valuable in small business entrepreneur world. People who do it really well, people who figure out an algorithm or a workaround and all that other stuff and that gets shared. You know, if you've got if you've got people in your network line that are really good at social media, it's really amazing when we talked about the amount of co-branding that you've done here to promote your business. 
that really there's a line of co-branding that happens even within that networking. I need someone who's really good at figuring out how to get this down to the people. Mm -hmm. In return, what can I do for them in order to maybe exchange that information uh, or exchange product for information or whatever so that I can get that stuff? Listen, influencers, all of those other things, you know, I'm at that... I'm at that age of like I'm not boomer yet, but I'm close I'm enough. I'm real yeah, close. Yeah, I'm close enough to I'm close enough to understand. These are people that that and so you're like I get it now. I know it really is ridiculous, right? Um, but then you look at it and you go, but these are people that have instant contacts to a lot of other people, mm. and they have so much interaction on their side of Instagram or whatever that they can put something out and it's going to way more than 3% mm-hmm. of what is being socialized out because they already had all of that interaction. So you'll find people that they partner their particular brand or they partner their particular product with an influencer that can push that down into the market mm-hmm. to then try and get them to work all the way back around to like your page and start interacting over here. It sucks, you know, because I got to go deal with that 18 year old that. Well, and then it's know, also yeah. like, okay, are you like a legit one? Like I see that you have followers, but that doesn't yeah. always convert to dollars. Did you pay for those? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's listen, there so were much. programs or apps out there that you could just turn around and like enter in some information and give, you know, give it hashtags, right? You give this thing hashtags and you turn back around. Next thing you know, you got an extra 4,000 followers that are on there, but they're not real. Right. You know, like you worked a a system to get them and it gives people this, this linear look. Like if you go locally here and there's somebody has a million followers, you probably should probably question that. (laughs) I mean, especially in Bryan college station, right? but you know, it is also the idea as well that that could be somebody's business. You know, mm-hmm. like the same kind of deal. Like I've built these followers to sell that to you because you need me more than I need you. Right. Right. And so networking with folks who have the ability to help you, not necessarily, I don't necessarily need a full blown understanding of Facebook and Instagram and. Snapchat, Snapchat, TikTok, TikTok. You know all these other things. Kaylee, uh, Kaylee calls it. She was talking about TikTok, and she was like, "We need the clock app." And I was like, "You uh, are eighty years old. She's twenty six. The clock app." And she's, "I don't, I don't do that. I'm not hip." Yeah, and they just keep rolling. That's the other thing. As soon as one goes down, you got the other, other one, one coming up, up, and this is the popular one now. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're on Facebook, you're old. If you're on Instagram, yep. you're kind of in between there. Yep. You know, if you're on TikTok, you're young. I mean. But all of these people are potential purchasers somewhere down the mm-hmm. road of product that you have or services you're providing. So we've talked a lot about the Facebook page for the women's entrepreneur, and we've referred mm-hmm. to it multiple times on here because you and I discussed it off air of being we. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what I, we call it. We BCS. I, I, yeah. I was yeah. going to say, I wanted to retouch back on that because Everybody's listening to this going, what's this weed group she keeps talking about? So women's entrepreneurs. We, not weed. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah, women no entrepreneurs D. of Bryan College Station, but we say we BCS, yeah. the we group. And so that group, and we were talking off air that that group has had influence on somebody that sat here at the table that mm-hmm. was talking about like, I didn't have any support to start this business up. It came from that group. And that group was a big enough support mechanism for me to go ahead and launch my business. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about 
in that podcast, we talked about people breathing life into something that hasn't come to life yet, mm-hmm. right? And so it's really important in these networking skill sets that, that we can literally be a part of by just going, hey, can I join this group? Mm-hmm. You know, and knowing that there are people in there that, again, are probably a part of that same that that same line of thought that happened for them when they started up, they found themselves in that same boat of not having a lot of support and then finding it somewhere else and then building back to that and going, I remember when I was where you were Mm -hmm. and they become an incidental mentor to someone being who you needed when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there's so many of those groups that are out there just in general, but here locally, that's one of those groups that has come up multiple times. There's one, you know, I, I was talking to you about, I like the idea of getting a woman entrepreneur in the chair across from me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to assume that a new business going up is going to be male owned, mm-hmm. right? I'm not trying to be a chauvinist here. I'm just saying that yeah. there's a big percentage of that that happens, but there needs to be more support put into seeing females drive into the business world and bring in, it's just like anything else, man. Listen, I'm going to say something when I know my wife is going to listen to this part and she's going to take 100% credit. I'll dress myself. Yeah. If I dress myself, now I did dress myself today, but my wife will tell you that if it's left to me, we're going somewhere and I'm going to dress myself. You're going to get what you get, right? Like, I don't care about stripes and. and But she, like, looks at you like, that's what you're wearing. Man, I don't care about stripes and polka dots and this color don't match with this. It's a shirt and it's a bottom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to be comfortable. That's what I'm thinking about. Like, this is comfortable. You know, he says that, but he's like in hard pants. I am. Yeah. Yeah, they're not even. That's all this post. It these are, like, hey, listen, these are kind of stretchy. They're stretchy. This but is they're, little... they're still jeans, though. Like, have you seen the post that was like, okay, but after this is over, can we not go back to hard pants? Yeah, like, everything. Yeah, just... Pajama pants all the way. Listen, we've gone out. We've gone out here in the last week, and I've had pajama pants on. Like, during the snow, we had pajama pants hey, on. Hey, the when it, there's snow on the ground, you get what you get. Yeah. And I, I feel like, like, all the judgment just gets like, <laughs> you pocket that shit for later. <laughs> there's a picture somewhere of me building a snowman in my pajama pants with boots on. Is it the one your neighbor's saying you said explain? This. No, fortunately, he didn't <laughs> see that. And he doesn't have any kids, so he, I don't think he was interested in going out there. And I was chunking snowballs at him anyway when he did try to step outside. But, you know, the women's touch in the business world mm-hmm. becomes a critical place that needs to be in the recovery, mm-hmm. right? Like, when you talk, listen. And I'm going to say some stuff. This is I'm 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 in. Are an, you worried about offending? Somebody? No, no. I'm in an unpopular line of what oh, I'm well. getting ready to say. Oh, but well. let's just say if I had a guy sitting there talking about painting coconut mats, that'd probably be a little odd. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. But there's a need. Right. And there's a market, and there's everything else. And so, as a guy, we're probably not looking at that. We're probably not going. Yeah, there's a need for this. You know, you need somebody who thinks a little bit more outside of the box and i'm not trying to discredit males in the process here but listen female entrepreneurs go at things a little differently than a male entrepreneur is going to go at it i look at that as like you know how most mlms and people in mlms are women yeah and they catch a lot of shit for it but the thing is is that women are willing to try and to put themselves out there yeah a lot more often than men typically are like doing something that's out of the norm or against the grain for that reason because it's well i'm going to do what i have to do what i can where i am yeah right instead of a guy's like oh i'll go get a job yeah 
No, yeah, right? and I mean, and I'm not knocking <clears throat> either one of them. I'm just saying, like, like for based on what I've seen, like women are more likely to do this, whereas men are more likely to do this. I think a woman is better able to shift creativity and thought process than a guy is. I mean, I'm just going to throw that out there. Right. I think we tend to and, be... And there are exceptions to, to both. There like, are. I hate to blanket I'm gen- statement. I'm but, generalizing. But, That's why I kind of yeah. breathed real heavy before I got into but this But I don't... I mean, you're not here. saying anything offensive. It's just like no, no. based on my limited experience with people, people I know, people on social media, this is what I have seen. Right. You know, it, it is it is probably... It, it, there's pluses and minuses to both of these categories that we're talking about. In my world, when I deal with things, I deal with things facts no emotion you know really just kind of put it on paper plan it out blah 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 blah. Right. you know i'm not saying that men do that and women don't but in a certain that's line, typically kinda, like a guy's I, way I of kind of <laughs> yeah. am right yeah a woman is gonna look at you know this is cute this is something somebody's gonna buy because it's cute right you know and i'm over like listen i've already learned my lesson on this because you know in the shop we started doing seasonal shirts mm-hmm. um i didn't want to become a boutique that's not our goal yeah. that's not who we are as a business but we started making seasonal shirts and then you start seeing like i can put this out on my own on my own text line to there are there are five or six moms. They're all going to know who they are when they listen to this. <laughs> there are five or six moms that are really in our group. I shoot a picture. Give me an extra large. Give me a medium. Give me a small. Give me that. You know, they want those shirts as they come in. And I'm not smart enough as a guy to figure out what they want. Right. But the people who design my line for seasonal shirts are females. Now, who can like they oh yes. this is gonna be cute this, they're gonna like this yeah. this is trending yeah. yeah i'm over here like listen man show me a cool football helmet shirt or something like that that's what right. i want you know so again we're leaving you know even in that case sometimes we were leaving some potential customers on the table because mm-hmm. we couldn't see far enough down the road past what's cool right as opposed to what's not cute. trying to reach that market listen you ask my wife when's the last time i said the word oh that's cute <laughs> we've been married 25 years man my wife might drop dead of a heart attack and i'm gonna be a single dad you know widowed trying to raise my daughter i mean but that's but, cute but this is what we need we need total recovery but we need total networking within both sides i like the fact that there's a women's entrepreneur page mm-hmm. and there's a place for that there's a spot where that is going to grow there's a spot where that's going to gather and, and continue to be reinforcing it's going to be uh it's going to be networked into people who need to start it. and i say people because mm-hmm. listen if i wanted to know what i needed to do to insert into the women's population i'm not going to a male group to ask right that. and i should we have a couple of guy members um the the big fit so there's there's the main group and then there's like a paid members group and there's perks to being a member mm-hmm. but the the main group you know you just answer the questions agree to follow the rules you got to live in this area right. because it is the group started out of a need for connection and networking right. um, and friendship, yep. not like a, Oh, I want to make a page where we can all sell and advertise to each other. Like no self promotion other than the initial introductory post right. is allowed yeah. period yeah. because that's not what that place is for. Yeah. Um, we do masterminds. We, we meet up for lunch bunch. We meet up for happy hour. Um, 
and COVID has changed some things, but like, you know, we've gotten back to doing that and you're either comfortable to come or you're not comfortable with it. And either way, it's fine. We're going to an Aggie women's basketball game and we're, you know, making signs and taking our, wearing our shirts. And and it's, it's a lot of fun, but it's surrounding yourself with like-minded people who will breathe life into your business or your ideas and they will believe in you and they won't lead you astray. Right. You know, you're creating a group of women of influence. Right. Right. Within their own group. Right. But then that extends out past that group. Right. So, uh, so that leads us back into this last part. Cause I, I want to give a shout out to that group. That group I think is of great value, uh, has a bunch of talented people that are in that group, bunch of talented women, entrepreneurs, people that are pushing the envelope really on this mm-hmm. recovery and everything else. But they're also a part of the group that is, they're associated to other you know groups as well too. They're associated to the to the small business and entrepreneur group. They're associated to the Brazos Valley recovery group. I mean, they're parts Lemonade of all day. of these. We did a, like we did a clothing drive. Yep. Uh, we, I mean, we don't, cause a lot of it is like, okay, like we want to help build our community here. We want to, how can we give back to the community? You know, like we pick different things for philanthropy and it's, I'm, I, I, I could talk all day. Like there's just yeah, all these good well, things about and it. So my point is, is if you're a woman that's looking to either start a business or you have a business, there are resources that are available. Right. If or you, you have, you think you have an idea, but you're not, not sure or okay i have an idea and i've got these pieces but i don't know which order to put them in like we'll help you yeah yeah well and also there is it doesn't it's not common i i would hope it's not common at least i don't think the way that i view it it would be common you go to some of these other groups and you put out there that hey i'm a a female-owned business owner that owns this or whatever most of these other groups that we're talking about you're going to get a hey welcome to the group we're glad you're here right Right. in some places though you're going to get a "Mm, okay you know yeah yeah you know and so the the incorporation of these pages also become just an extension of the network group Right. If I needed something that I'm, you know, let's say my daughter decides at one point she's going to start her own business. Well, I'm not going to direct her to this male dominated group over here. I want to direct her to a group of people who've been there, done that, but are also fighting another battle of the idea like, listen, man, just because we can do it as well, too, is better as anybody else, if not better, you know, and and our thought process is a little bit different maybe than this thought process over here. And we're going to look at this as striking on emotion and on a a need in a particular gender category as opposed to over here where they're just going beer let's yeah. sell beer let's start a beer place <laughs> yeah. you know i mean or so, there's a hole in the market and we're gonna fill it yeah, yeah yeah so i mean and you have all of these people i mean etsy groups and everything else it doesn't mean there's not males in that etsy group right but it is a highly dominated female yes, storyline right yes. and and a lot of the stuff i mean if i'm a guy and somebody says hey go on to etsy and find something the first thing i'm going to think about is I'm going to get something that's bedazzled or something like, you know, I mean, like, like you just automatically assume that not realizing that there is a huge avenue of, you know, really probably a million stores Mm -hmm. that are on that line. That's probably going to find a need and meet a rise up to meet a need for virtually anything you're going to think about stuff. Mm -hmm. You probably didn't even know existed. Right. And then you find, you're like, well, shit, there it is. That's, that's what I got to have. Well, it's like I said, before we sat down here at the table, I knew nothing about there being a business here in town that did customized mats for your doors. 
Nor did I know that that business also offers it up as an event, right? Like where you can bring it to you, to a place. Maybe it's the girls' night out or whatever that is, or couples' night or whatever. Or, hey, I'm going to have an office party for my employees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we want to do these things as, as a team-building group, right. as a whatever. I've you had know. lots of those. Yeah, I got, a re, you know, I got a realtor's group that sells houses that it would be awesome if we had an avenue where we could create a custom map for every individual that buys a home through us. And it's their name on that deal where I don't have to go on to a site that is... And order it and then wait and hope that it gets here in time for my closing. Yeah, and it's being ordered from China or from New Jersey or whatever. It's local, right? Right. And so these are... And again... I'd said the same comment to to Dorothy with with Twisted Tumblers. I'm like, listen, they don't know they need it until you put it in front of them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, I've never seen this. I like, gotta have that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's going, man, this is something that hasn't crossed my line of sight until it's in my line of sight. Right. And so entrepreneurs try to do their best job of bringing that in and figuring like, this, you know, it's like the mask, man. It didn't exist until it was a need. It wasn't a need, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then it's everywhere, you yeah. know. So, uh, but it's also getting in and being the entrepreneur that strikes first in there and then becomes the pioneer of that who also then becomes the go-to. You know, I want to I go to the business that was the first to do it as opposed to the 18th that's figuring it out and right. going, I'm going to do what they're doing. And they're just a modified version of the original or whatever. But I want it to be local. Right. All right. So, told you we were going to bring this up. Uh, this is the part, yeah. This is the part where, where you're going to sit here and, and uh, we'll see how this goes. But I told you in, in a part of my research of going through and looking at your business and, and trying to gather things in that I could talk to you about here, which is kind of funny because, I mean, we're going on hour and 42. I told you. This goes Already? by like super fast, right? Jeez. But, uh, you know, having fun. Yeah. I mean, who, you know, it's the same <laughs> deals like, you know, today, I, I think, uh, what was it? Sonia Watt went out today for knit knot for lice. Right. And somebody's like, how long can you really talk about lice? You'd be shocked. You know, same reason <laughs> how long we can talk about coconut mats right. and everything else. So, uh, but one of the things I want to talk about is something that you posted. And I think this becomes a part of. As an entrepreneur, when it's yours and it's your puppy and everything else, we talked about the corporate world early mm-hmm. and how corporate world can create this sense of security that is a false sense of security. It can be yanked out from underneath you at any sure. point. In the entrepreneur world, when you're creating a business, it's you. You know, there's not, you know, president, CEO over here and then vice president. There could be those, I guess, in that process. But, you know, if you created it, you're probably the CEO. It's of you. The deal. You're yeah. all of the things. Yeah. yeah. And so... We we were discussing off camera, you know, some some stuff that runs into the line of being an entrepreneur, especially if your business is struggling, or if it's not going the way you thought it was going to go, or twenty twenty got its claws in you and is is trying to rip apart your idea and and show you that this was completely stupid for you to start and blah 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 blah. Like I said in the beginning, <laughs> yeah, like all of these things working in on you. But you yeah. had a post that that. And I don't even think at the time, I don't even know that we were connected on social media when I, don't I found think we were. this. Uh, so that just tells you, I mean, I try to dig pretty fast, pretty quick. I was really surprised stuff. when you brought that up. I was like, how long did you scroll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to go back like 10 years <laughs> no, on your Facebook fine. or anything. But but you and when we sat down here and I said, I'd really like to discuss this if you're up for it. Yeah. And and But it did catch you off guard that this was something that came into the wheel well that I wanted to discuss. And that was a post 
that you put up that basically I don't want to I don't want to undersell this by by misquoting it, but you talked about depression. Mm-hmm. Right. And not necessarily depression as a business owner. I think just depression in general. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we recently have had some things happening in the in the Brazos Valley where we've got businesses that are going under. You've got, you know, people that are struggling to make ends meet because COVID has taken that part of their business away. And we talked about identity kind of being attached to those businesses and stuff like this. But I want to back that out a little bit and not just get the focus directly down on being uh, a mental health issue that happens with entrepreneurs attached to their business, but more so just being able to back up away from that a little bit and talk about the transparency first of that. Because what happens is we were saying before we got in here that social media is nothing but a highlight reel mm-hmm. of all the good things that you want it to look like. Or it's the, it's what you want your life to be portrayed as and perceived as yeah, yeah. to your audience. Uh, I mean, right? people, I ain't talked to people on my Facebook page. There's a bunch <laughs> of mine seen in face in 30 years. Right. And so, but I want them to think that I'm, happy oh i've excited. got it made and everything's great yeah, and i'm yeah. successful and my family's happy and my kids are awesome and yeah, yeah all the things it's yeah. bullshit yeah yeah it. no i mean it's uh, again like sam and i had talked about it's imposter syndrome it's the right. it's the i need people to believe this so that i can keep this mask up right and this mask is something that I, i'm a good wife i'm a good mom i'm a good business owner i i'm I have a great life. I'm, you know, I'm celebrating on the beach here in Mexico and all of this other stuff. And they create an image that is not real life. Right. Right. And I think that, I think that kind of came to you and crossed to you at that point that you just went, listen, I I need to have a separate discussion away from all of this. Right. So like it had been brought to my attention. So like, I'm pretty transparent and honest anyway. That's just who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, joking like i'm all dressed up today because the last podcast i was on i was not i didn't know that they were going to be filming it wasn't a big deal i don't give a shit like he was like we don't have to and i was like oh no that's i'm just saying like hey my hair's greasy whatever like i don't have makeup on i didn't know we were filming it's fine like people know that face and they know this face and you know so today i walk out of my room from getting ready my husband was like you're dressed up and i was like well i figured i looked like a troll for the last one so now i can show him like the other end of the spectrum right but it's i I'm not the type that like I have to have makeup on to go check my mailbox. Like mm-hmm. I used to give my mom shit about that because mm-hmm. she's a cosmetologist was, you know, so it was her job very much depends on looking put together. Right. But I didn't understand that because I was like, well, there's nothing wrong with you just the way that you are. Like you don't always have to be like dressed up or on. Like it's very much like a mask. Yeah. On and all right, the time. right, right. Like I'll, and I'm not like that. Like, you know, I'll post pictures of me or have people in you know, like my, Kaylee will post pictures of me working where I'm not dressed up and I don't, you know, I look like, when's the last time you slept through the night? Like it's been almost three years and thanks for asking. <laughs> you know? yeah. But like, I'm glad it's apparent. Right. But like, I, because I feel like that's a lot more relatable. Yeah. Because I know that most people, what they put up is the highlight reel. And I know that most of it, like some of it might be honest and that's cool, but it's bullshit. Yeah. Where's the other stuff in between? Where's the real life stuff? Like you don't always have perfect days and everybody's put together and the kids are great and their attitudes are awesome and everything's fine. No, that is not real life. I don't care who you are and how much money you have. That's not the way it is. So I try to be honest and transparent anyway. And then, so April and May, I was like stupid busy, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm in the WEE group and I'm surrounded by my friends that are in there. We're really cool. We're all, you know, banding together and kind of helping like lift each other's moods, you know, when things get bad, whatever, scary, unpredictable. Like it, last year sucked. Just yeah, sure. Sucked. Um, but then I was offering to help a friend of mine 
and she was she was with me at my house and she was like but you're so busy and I I kind of just looked at her and I said what makes you think that and she was like well you've been busy like you've been crazy busy and I said no I was busy mm. I was in April and May and since then I haven't been making enough money to pay my bills every month mm. and you know just her face and it, it dawned on me I was like so this is the perception like this is why because I'd heard that from other people like oh well you're busy blah 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 like I don't wear that like as a badge right you know but every time like it kind of threw me I was like what the hell makes you think that I'm so busy like I'm okay whatever it's fine yeah you know and so then I I was like okay well I need to clarify for you and apparently everybody else like that's not this year has been really awful for me financially and been really scary and I know that I'm not the only one right um and then admitting out loud, you know, I've, I've been depressed. Like that's, that's what's been wrong with me. You know, like the feeling unmotivated and just not having any interest in anything and feeling like at any point during the day that I could cry, but I can't really pinpoint why, Yeah. you know, and I've dealt with depression before I've dealt with like postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and stuff. And, and it, it's, I feel like there's a whole different struggle, like for entrepreneurs, like, what do we have, like, mental health-wise? Like, resources. There's nothing, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of us don't Go have... to the HR department. Right, right, right. Like, hey, a lot of us... look at myself in the mirror. I'm the <laughs> HR department. Cool. Yeah. We're going to figure this out. That's a right. lot of us don't have insurance. Right. Can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, it, there's there's a hole in the market for that. And But there's a big need because of all of the challenges that come with being an entrepreneur. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. And sure. a lot of other people wouldn't either. It's just a different set of challenges mm-hmm. versus if you work for... Because, like, I've been depressed working for someone else, too. Right. It was different, though. Sure. You know? So, I I went live in the We Group talking about it because I, I told Amelia and Marie... I feel like it's really, really important to open up this conversation because I know just from talking to a couple of other people, I'm not the only one, mm-hmm. but nobody feels comfortable talking about it. Right. I'll it's be, ta- the, it's taboo. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But I said, I'll be the one, like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's, it's a whole different level of vulnerability, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's going to be worth it because if it, if it makes someone else decide to talk about their stuff so that they don't feel like they're drowning and they're alone or they don't do something that they can't change, right? you know, I'll do it. It's fine. And so I went live and I cried and I, but I was really honest about, you know, I, I have been depressed and I have not been super crazy, busy, successful this year after April and May it's, it's tanked off. And I know that I'm not the only one and I don't want you guys to feel like you're alone either. So this is me opening up the conversation. You know, like if you can relate, if you want to talk, what we're here, like you're not alone. Don't go through this by yourself right. basically. So I did that and I had a lot of people reach out, but this was just on that page. And then I was like, okay, so I feel like now I need to be honest with my audience, right? Like my friends and family who are not in that group, who are not local, who I guess are under the same assumption, like, oh, well, you can't come visit because you're super busy. No, I can't come visit because I'm fucking depressed. Like, yeah. I, you know, yeah. and I don't want to get out of bed and I'm just everything. I just want to quit everything. And so I, I wrote that post and I was really honest about, you know, like being a small business owner last year was really, really hard. Um, and really scary and like rolling into the holiday season, trying to plan ahead for this year, thinking like based on how this holiday season looks, I might not be selling masks next year mm-hmm. because it, it, people don't have the money that they used to sure. to spend. Yeah. Um, you know, like I got to where I was doing events again. It was just waiting until things opened back up and people were comfortable. And then, you know, the rules kind of changed a little bit and like, okay, I got supplies so that we're not having to like, share everything and nobody's touching and like you can keep your mask on if you want whatever 
adapting. Yeah. But I, I know for sure that I can't repeat 2020 financially. Like I, I will, I'll lose everything. I right. can't do it. And yeah. so I was really honest about that and then kind of put out, you know, just a plea, not like a buy for me, but like it's, it's so important to shop local. And it yeah. was for the holiday season. I was like, there are businesses like me who will never tell you the things that I'm telling you. But if you don't, if you guys don't shop local, there are a lot of businesses like me who are not going to make it into next year. Right. And a lot of that was just, you know, the depression, I guess. And, but it was, it was interesting to me. Like when I started talking about it, like I felt better, but then I had a lot of other people reach out and they were like, thank you for being so honest. Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for opening up the conversation. I have felt the way that you feel all year long and I've been terrified, but I haven't told anybody because I feel like I have to put on that mask and act like everything's fine. Well, go try to find that group. Where is the Brazos Valley depressed? Right, right, right. Like it doesn't exist, right? So unless you put yourself out there and you say like, Hey, me and my table is a safe place to have that conversation. Right. Nobody knows. Well, and, and to that point in the taboo that's behind it mm-hmm. still today, I mean, you know, and we were talking about, you know, female depression versus male depression before we came on air right. and everything else. Well, and then, Cause like guys like, so I don't know if you're familiar with Brene Brown and her work, yeah, but she's, yeah. you know, like shame and vulnerability. Yep. Um, researcher. Yeah. Some so great she, books and great. Right. I mean, she's got podcasts. She's got some she's great wonderful, information, but she talks about shame and breaks it down and like how that can color your life and change. Then like, if I talk to people about like, think about your first experience with shame, mm-hmm. they might have to sit and think about it for a second, but everybody can literally paint the picture for me of the first time that they experienced shame. But for men specifically, it's different because there's so much pressure and, and weight put on you because you're the man yeah. and it, not necessarily like your partner does it or your parents, but it's our culture, yeah. just our society. And it's, you know, like would your partner, rather watch you die on your white horse instead of giving up or saying, Hey, I can't do this anymore. I got to do something else. Even if you've never had that conversation, if you think like, Oh, I have all this pressure. Like I can't give up. I got to keep going. Like that's horrible. Yeah. Well in the female world, when you say you're depressed, there's this, it's an unseen soft place for people to land, but they don't reveal it until it needs to be revealed right, right. then it's hey listen man i've been where you're at come and talk it's to gonna me. be okay yeah like, in the, you get in, people checking uh, in on you yeah. in and, the male group it, it's met with you know don't be a puss man you know just pull, man your, pant- yeah, pull your panties up let's get this thing done but let's I, have a beer let's talk so it awful out because you know. like well you're a human and you yeah. have emotions and it has nothing to do with being a man or a woman right but society has right. kind of placed those right Suck it up and deal with yeah, it. Oh, why don't you just not be depressed? Yeah, it's not a it's not a restriction, but it is definitely a, a social taboo that has been placed on the feet of men. Going, listen, your job is to provide. Your job is to be successful. Your job, and again, all these attached to the word job. Mm-hmm. Your job is to be the provider. Your job is to go You're supposed out to be and, strong. Yeah, or, go yeah. out and do right. Mm-hmm. Don't don't cry me a river over it. Just go do right and figure it out. Right, right, and so and that's kind of where it's met with in in the vulnerability, and we've seen a lot of this vulnerability posted in some of these social media places. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like, hey, man, I'm depressed about this. It's usually met with something like my business is struggling or we're not going to make it to this point or I I really need help and this is what I need to see from my community. Mm -hmm. It's It's not tailored back to 
my business is failing and I am really depressed that this is failing. It's crippled me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You you know, as the men that have put it up, you can go on there and look at the men who have put it up have taken from probably what is, you know, their what sometimes feels physical, physical mental depression. Mm And it has shifted over to the business, right? And like, it's just very cut and dry. Like, yeah. here's the facts about my business and here's what yeah, I yeah. need. Because, again, it is, we talk about is these businesses fold up. In, in an entrepreneur's world, it is the death of a dream, right? Like, they have, they have birthed this baby. They have raised mm-hmm. this baby. This baby grew legs. It took off. It did what it was going to do, and now it is no longer. Right. And so it is the death of the dream. But people attach the identity to the dream, and then it becomes the death of what feels like you. Because right. now, who am I? Who I've am lost I? Lost my identity. Yeah. Who am I without the business? Right. My world is falling apart. Right. What do I do now? Yeah. What and, am I going to be known for? And can I show my face around town to all of these people that have known me as Mr. This, Mr. That, Mrs. This, Mrs. That, that's all associated to my business. And so, you know, in the world of what we put in and when we are talking about, you know, the highlight reel of social media, that doesn't feel good. You know, it doesn't feel good to have that come across your deal. Like, but then when somebody kind of sees it, it's like I was saying, like, uh, you know, we're meeting for the first time today. But to me, there's a resonating feeling that goes along with that post because I was kind of telling you my story mm-hmm. behind all of that and everything else. There is a feeling of attachment that goes to that post. And then there's two immediate reactions. Listen, if I go on today and I post out like, listen, I'm depressed. I'm not feeling real good. I'm going to get two different responses from two different genders. Yeah. You think I'm wrong? Go look. No, Go back you. and look at your post. I believe And you. see how many men replied to it yeah. and what they replied with versus how many women replied to it and what and they replied what to. And what their response Yeah, yeah. Was. Because, yeah. listen, it's just like anything else. And, you know, I got to be careful with my words here. As a man. <laughs> Crack me up. We are, we are, don't, listen, I'm going to use the word, but don't take this out of context. We are socially retarded when it comes to dealing with our emotions in most cases. There are a you're, lot of men. You're stunted. We are. Very much so by society, correct? right? And in, even in some cases, our upbringing. Mm-hmm. So the idea of me reaching back to a female, even though I've been where you're at, mm-hmm. to reach back and do that in a way that is more like soft and fuzzy and comforting it's probably not going to happen because right. it's just not in a wheel well for most guys to be able right. to do. You just don't have that tool. Right. right. And then again, but if it's two guys talking about it or whatever, it's like, oh man, come on, dude, this is going to pass. I mean, you'll be all right. Just, Figure yeah, it man, out. You just couple beers. Yeah. You'll be all right. It's yeah. all good, you know? And so the reason I wanted to bring it up on the podcast is because, you know, listen, nobody wants an extension of 2020. Right. But I mean, there's, there's stuff on the horizon here and I'm definitely not going to get political, but there is stuff on the horizon here that is burning at the feet of small business entrepreneurs. What happens? I mean, uh, today, and again, we're probably recording this way earlier than it'll be released. I mean, this is, this, this may have already happened by the time we get this thing released, 
But there is talk today in the world of going to $15 minimum wage. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and so that happens, and then what? You know, everybody wants their part. Oh, man, it's been years since we And it has. It's been 20 years probably since we've reduced. But we're talking right, about. Right, but it's. We're talking about doubling. And we're talking about. It's a hamster wheel, though. Like, so it, you raise that, and then all the the retail stores and the restaurants have everything, to raise their prices to be able suit. to afford to pay their employees. Everything follows so suit. So then the cost of living goes up. Yep. So then you're back where you were. And I'm not saying that they don't deserve more money. Like I've been those employees sure. of like, God, yep. it'd be really nice if we made more money per hour because as much as you want to knock those jobs, yep. somebody's got to make your food. Yeah. Somebody's got to flip yeah. your burgers. Somebody's got to sell you shirts. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, but gone are the days of dollar menus. Gone are the right. days of $5 boxes. Because gone. it just keeps, you it can't. keeps going. You can't. There is no. There is no economic way for a business to stay in business to continue to run an operation when you are taking their most controllable expense line, mm-hmm. which is payroll. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> yeah. As a Walmart store manager for twenty years, every month for twenty years, I had to break down a P and L. Yeah, and payroll is your most controllable expense. Mm-hmm. When you double that. And that's what we're talking about doing. Cool. You're talking yeah. about doubling. I mean, that. at least here, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you double that number out, and now all of a sudden you're going to tell that business, you know, listen, this was 70% of your expenses. Well, it's still going to be 70% of your expenses when you increase all the rest of your prices because you're not going to go, this can't become 95% of my expenses. Right. So what the, are you going to do? Well, I'll just raise my prices. Prices to make it are up. going up, services are going up. People are going to do more with less bodies. You're going to create more unemployment, Mm -hmm. even though that's not supposed to be how this is supposed to work. And there's going to be people that are going to listen to this. They go, listen, man, you know, this is, this is just big. This is the big corporate America trying to keep the little man down and everything. You're talking about paying a full-time starting, starting person in flipping burger. Let's say you can get a full-time job at McDonald's making $15 an hour, $31,000 a year to flip a burger. Mm -hmm. Now, what is my college degree worth? Right. What is, what do I tell the person that's working in my business who's been working here 15 years and now I've closed the gap between starting rate and where they work to? Right. Do I sit there and say, okay, well, I've doubled out, I've doubled out minimum wage, so I'm going to double out my worker's wage? You can't do that. No. And how do I make it fair? And I'm not trying to tell that employee that I think that the girl who just started yesterday is worth what you're worth. Yeah. But so, I can only afford to pay you so much. So this I'm really is, sorry. <laughs> this is what concerns me. And this is also leading in back back to what we were talking about. As an entrepreneur, you're taking a risk going out and starting a business. Mm-hmm. Those that have been out there that have already been snake bit by COVID, you're now also facing with the next shift at the government level. Mm-hmm. You're facing this conversation. It, this is not real far off page from what we deal with locally about we should be focused on business, saving businesses, right? Saving our but local the tone, economy. <laughs> the, listen, the tone deafness of government in general is the idea of going, listen, man, we're going to put more money in your pocket because we're going to give you another stimulus. It's going to be fine. Well, yeah, the, here's $1,400 more. Okay, man, cool. That covers awesome. my mortgage and my utility bill. Yeah, so what that means is everybody that was really struggling or you're at the low end line of the totem pole and you're making minimum wage and everything else, I'm your new best buddy because I'm going to put more money in your pocket that you didn't have before. 
But if I am the small (laughs) business owner now and you now dictate to me that I'm going to have to go to $15 after a COVID year, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to $15 an hour. Well, listen, I can't run my operation with the number of heads that I have going to that dollar amount without doing some things. The very first thing is increasing my retails on all of the goods that I'm selling has to go up. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, it has to go up. I don't care what you think. I don't care how economics works. You don't pay more money out here to make less money over here. Right. Everything moves. So your gallon of milk that's $4 a gallon now, now goes to 7 or 8 bucks a gallon. And now all of a sudden, it's just like anything. Listen, i got a great, the, for you entrepreneurs that are out here, this is a great statement. I want you to listen real closely to this. There's not very many things that I have like Yoda-like statements on. <laughs> this is, one, this of is one of them. Take I used to tell people who would come into me when I was at Walmart and they wanted more money. My statement would be, if I paid you a million dollars a year, would you be happy? And the instant response is, yes, absolutely. You pay me a million dollars a year, I would love that. And I go, great. million dollars a year, we're closing. Hey, you made a million dollars a year for about that much time. Uh, And I've closed the business. And now what is that million worth to you? And what happens in general with people as you give raises is you start here. Think about when you first started and you were talking about all of those jobs that you had when you were a kid, mm-hmm. right? You could only afford this that was up underneath here with the money that you're making. Right. So as cost of living increases, so does living the way that you like to right. live. The more money I make, the more things the I standard buy. Standard of more living things, comes up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so now all of a sudden we're going to go, let's say seven twenty five is that minimum wage. And now we're going to go... man, I can buy a whole lot of stuff in here. Hold on. All of this stuff that used to fit underneath here now doesn't fit underneath here. It fits way back up here. What's the price of a a car become? Oh, insane, I'm sure. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not going to double, but, I mean, the average price of a car right now is $40,000. Average. Go back 10 years. Ten years ago, average price of cars thirty thousand dollars. Right, we're literally going up a thousand, and this isn't increasing payroll. This isn't going up from you know seven twenty five to fifteen dollars every year. About a thousand dollars more on average is what that goes up to. Now boost that up from seven twenty five to fifteen bucks an hour, and what are you going to go to? I mean, you're 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 talking about wrecking wrecking with a huge wrecking ball coming through and wrecking small business right corporate world can probably absorb it and listen they're going to do the the same thing listen if you hate not getting (laughs) if you hate not getting your tax records back for checking yourself out at a walmart on a self-check because you should be able to claim that since you were an employee of theirs doing your own checking out what do you think's getting ready to happen Go to fifteen bucks an hour, man. Listen, I'm cutting cashiers. I'm, right. gonna, I'm gonna put more self checks in there. We're gonna put self checkouts. You are gonna be really good as a customer at checking yourself out. I mean, it's got to go somewhere, and it's got to come right. from somewhere. Right. I was. Well, I've heard people have that argument for several years. You know, sure. like all you're doing is you're forcing people out, and they're gonna have to figure out different ways to automate things Listen, so that they're not having to pay those bodies to be there. Where's the money coming from that's supporting well, fifteen? Just, is the question. And what they're what what that side thinks is. That money's coming out of these business owners that are rich. Yeah, well, we know better. But again, that's a perception. Yeah, like yeah. that's another thing that I I talk to my friends about, and I'm like, I wish that there was a lot more honesty and transparency for what people actually make. Sure. Like I know that that's a taboo thing to talk yeah, about, it is. and I don't have a problem asking somebody what they make, and I'll tell them like, you can tell me to piss off if you want to. Sure. Like I'm not I'm not asking you so that I can judge you or compare. Yeah. But based on what your field mm-hmm. is, I have no clue 
what you actually make. And yeah. if we don't have this conversation, I guarantee you, I'm going to estimate it to be way too high. Yeah. But let's say, let's say that small business owner makes 200,000 a year running their business. Right. But now I got to pay out 15. Right. Right. Am I going to continue to make 200? Well, Hey, where's mine? Where's right. mine as a small business? Do When do I get to go to 300? Right. Do I get to raise, yeah. get myself When do raise? I get to like, go to 300 or 350? Or as the small business owner, am I going, okay, I've, I've got these people I'm responsible for, and I need to take a pay cut to get back to here. But I can't take enough of a pay cut to double my, my salaries right. out. That's not going to happen. So these are things that are on the horizon, and there are things as small businesses we have to, we have to be discussing, and we have to be you have to be proactive here. So running this back around the chute to the depression and everything else is you're going to be faced, you know, we thought 2020 was the thing that, that, you know, did or didn't do in some of the small businesses. Some of the regulation that is coming down the chute here are going to be things that can be way more detrimental than any 2020 business is going to bring into. Right, right, right. So, but we have to stand together as network, as support, as uh, resource, all of those things that we're going to need to navigate those waters because those waters are going to look really murky for a lot of people. I watched a small business owner today post out like, listen, I got three employees. I'm going to one if I have to pay $15 an hour. Because I can't. Yeah, but nobody gives a crap about that up at the other level. They're just going, listen, man, right. people are going to make 15 bucks right. an hour. Yay, us. Right. And they don't You're think, about the, re- yeah, they don't think <laughs> yeah. about the repercussions. You're talking about in that business alone, putting 66% of the people into the unemployment line. Right. So, and we're talking about doing this. This discussion is happening right now, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. So, these these lines of sight that you as a small business owner are staying out in front of and looking at sometimes you really want your leadership your local really local has more of an impact probably than anything else on small businesses here you really want them carrying the torch of hope down that dark path that you don't know what it looks like Mm -hmm. as opposed to somewhere down that path there's a torch you can light you know (laughs) Uh, watch out it. for the cliff, watch out <laughs> right. for the, the animal, watch out for all the things that are down there. But somewhere down there, I think you'll find it. Right. But there's going to be some pretty trees and bike trails along the way. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make sure that yeah. that happens. You know, and, and this is, as small business owners, this is where it comes to pass. We, as small business owners, are busy as it is. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, it's like I was talking about the other person earlier, where I'm like, there ain't no other time in this person's day to do anything You do this, else. and then you do this, and then you do this, and That's then it. you got to sleep somewhere for a little bit, and, yeah. and then you get up and do it again. Yeah, but again, where is, you know, listen, if you put $15 on a ballot, you know, should we go to 15 bucks? <sighs> you know, nowadays, man, I don't know what we get. I really don't because there is this generational change that is happening that, that again, looks at Boomer over here that says, you know, we can do this. You're just too old to figure it out. Maybe I hope I'm wrong, you know, but what I don't want to do is I don't want to create a bunch more depressed business owners in our, in our society who have to close up shop and and don't want to have discussions. Don't want to reach out for resource because of the social stigmas that are attached to that word. Act like everything's fine. But that social stigma attached to that word is it just portrays itself and manifests itself in other areas. Mm -hmm. So it is the post of, I need people to help me because I'm going to close my business, right? You can't go to bed every single night knowing what that balance is in that account and knowing that it's not increasing at a rate for you to stay solvent 
and not be depressed. Right. You know, and not, you know, not sit there and magically let me generate my own hope with these two sticks. And right. See no, if you're going to be, together. you're going to be a ball of anxiety and it's, I mean, it's, and then it, it snowballs and gets worse and worse. And it's, you know, the, the worst case scenario, what's going to happen. And then if, your identity is wrapped around it. It's, yeah. it's a huge part of who you are and it's what you're known for. Like all of it. And then thinking about all of that falling apart. I just, I can't imagine like feeling that way and then also not having anybody or anywhere to be able to talk about it. Yeah. It like, that makes me sad for, for male, yeah, the male business owners yeah, because like I can only imagine how hard it is. Like even if you are just like in the, the darkest pit of despair, yeah. but you're like, can't fucking tell anybody. Yeah. The isolation that happens in that world is pretty unbelievable and it's self-generated. Right. It really is. Right, I mean, right, because right. when you're posting that out, you're posting that out prior to making this a public statement, you're posting that out where you, let's go back 24 hours before that post. And you're like, nobody understands. No, like I felt very, I had isolated myself. Yep. Um, and it was easy to do because of COVID, you know, yeah. like, Oh, I'm just not comfortable, whatever, yeah. you know, but like, I don't want to get out of bed. Yep. I'm, I'm very weepy. Yep. I, I feel unmotivated. I feel like, what's the point? Yeah. You know, turn on a TV. It's all positive, right? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, right. you know, everything that's coming at you, everything that's coming at you is met with some kind of negative. Mm-hmm. And the only place that you see any positive is in a Facebook post that you know is fake mm-hmm. or that, you know, is the highlight reel. Right. Or, right the things that people aren't talking about yeah. that I noticed, like, we're just not talking about this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it went from, you know, one year back and you go back and you look at those friends posts and they're on vacation here and they're doing all these other things. And all of a sudden those vacation posts disappear. Right. And the car kind of changed. Like, didn't you all used to have this car? That mm-hmm. kind of changed a little bit, you know, and, and, Oh, we moved. Right. Uh, but your assumption is, Oh, you move for the business or you, because moved. you don't talk about yeah, it. Yeah. Right. No, it's, it's met with, we're moving, to a new neighborhood over here, but it's not, we're moving to a new neighborhood because we need to downsize because, because we're we trying, to, yeah, we're trying or, to stop the right. bleed or whatever, right. you know? So it's valuable that as small business owners that we're transparent, mm-hmm. it, that, that if you need the help, there are people there that can be good resources. And we're not talking about resources that they're going to charge you money for. We're no. talking about resources of, I've been there, done that. When we were having the discussion and you were to, you know, I brought it up. You started talking about it and I told you my story. Mm-hmm. You know, the funny part of that is, is, is that story is not a part. I don't, it doesn't embarrass me by any stretch of the means, but it's not on my calling card. And I mean, it's not going to be there in the business. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't put on there, say, you know, previous depressed co formerly depressed <laughs> yeah. Walmart manager. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Right, know, right. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It's just it's, one of those things. Like, I think it's really cool that you were comfortable to share that story sure. with me and talk about it. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, I've been there before. And then, you know, how talking about, it, you're like, I was making the most money I've ever made and yeah. I was miserable. Yeah, worst time of my life. And then, but also, feeling but that's what like, I wanted. That's right. the part. I mean, that was what I was pushing for. Like, I need to I, run this. I got there. Yeah. And I, then and then when I get there, I'm going to go to the next one. But then I right. start getting there going, holy crap. Like, if I'm struggling right here in this moment. Can't I imagine can't, trying to climb that mountain. Yeah, I can't go any further. Worse, right? Yeah, because it's going to continue. The pressure will continue to climb with that as well, too. And there are some people that can detach themselves from that. But those are also a lot of people who can also say that I was previously married. Okay. Eh? So, I mean, these are people that you, you don't, you're going to pay a price somewhere, right? You pay the price by not 
prioritizing and it's going to be somewhere. Listen, man, I am, I am grateful and fortunate that I'm going to celebrate 25 years. I'm grateful and fortunate in that, you know, I have a, I have a wife that is my rock. I tell people all the time, she's my better two thirds. I'm going to give her way more credit than that, (laughs) you know, but the reality of that is, 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 you know, I don't land that partner. I have somebody else that doesn't understand that and they ain't putting up with that crap. You know, then I can tell the story about how I was divorced. Right. I can tell the story about how my daughter is, is spending every other weekend with me. Right. You know, and so you got to prioritize what you want. At the end of the day, you know, Dallas and I were talking about at the end of the day, when they put you in the box and put you in the ground, what is your eulogy going to be? Right. What do you want to be known for? Yeah, man. I mean, well, man, he worked a lot. Listen, um, (laughs) you know, I'll, I'll give you something. I'll stretch one more step further. that doesn't have anything to do with owning a business back, back when, uh, back when I first left home and I had a girlfriend and things were not going well and we end up breaking up and i am nowhere close to where i grew up i don't have a lot of friends around i don't have any of this stuff i'm not real sure why i'm here i am working for walmart at that time Uh, i'm I'm not a manager or any of that stuff i'm still an hourly employee but i can remember there was a night there like man my life has not turned out the way that i envisioned this right and it's a dark night i am not in a good place mentally and i have a gun in my mouth and I pull the trigger and it clicks. Didn't go off. Clicks. And in that moment, there was a flash that happened that just, it was a vision that came across. And it was a vision of my mom standing over my casket. And I, this had never crossed my mind before at any given point. The only thing that I knew was that I was hurting and I wanted it to stop. Yeah. I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted it to stop. And it hurt enough that I know these are all voices going, nobody understands. Nobody gets it. You're a failure. Blah. I mean, just dark voices from all over places. You know, nobody will ever love you. I mean, just, and, and, and I knew I had support back at home, but that support wasn't enough. That thought of that support wasn't enough. Because I knew I was going to have to go back with my tail tucked between my legs to tell them that I'd failed. And, and this wasn't the plan. It wasn't the plan, right? Here's that plan again for mm-hmm. those males out there in this dominated society of planning. And the one thing that I had not thought about, and the vision came over at the time that I clicked the trigger, was that my mom was standing over my casket and I would not told her any of this, right? And I thought to myself, if I at least get this done, all this will stop and I won't have to worry about the pain anymore. What I did not see was this vision of my mom, every interaction from that point forward in her life with the question, if somebody of that age is, do you have any children? And she will relive that moment for the rest of her life. I used to. I used to. And that moment, I mean, it was... Boom, like like that, that. just like that. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is crazy. But that voice didn't penetrate anywhere in there before that trigger. Right, right, right. It's at the point where you're like, it's too late. It needed that moment. It needed that moment. And for some people, that they ain't that lucky. Right. That trigger goes off. That bullet goes through. Your gun works right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so... Uh, 
and I didn't tell my story to my mom for a very long time, but I did tell her that story. What did she say? I was just scared out of her mind. She was like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you? Well, what are you going to tell me, mom? You know, you're 300 miles away. What are you going to tell me? Come home. That's the whole part of the failure. If right, I come that home. was part of it that I have to, I have to admit defeat and come home. Yes. And, yeah. And then, but that moment also for me was clarity into who are you? Are you the relationship? Mm, that was the mm-hmm. question that I had to break away from because I'd made myself the relationship. Right. Just like you have business owners that make themselves the business. Right. You know, and then when you step away from that, now that I look at a dude, listen, I am one of those guys, I'm not going to brag, but I am one of those guys that what you see on Facebook is what you get. Mm -hmm. I am the highlight reel, but my life really is a very good highlight reel and I love where it's at, but it could have not been right. And it could have been completely gone. And if, you know, listen, if I could have had a crystal ball to look 25 years down the road from that moment, it was really longer than that, like 27 years. <laughs> but if I could look down the road to see where I was at today and that relationship ends, dude, I've been like, peace. It's fine. I'm fine. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, let's get right. this going because you are postponing what needs you to come to You are wasting me. my yeah, time. Yeah. And yeah. what it is is it is... It is, listen, I told you I'm not a Bible thumper, but it is God intervening in that moment to go, oh, there's way more oh, for yeah. you than right 100%, here. 100%. Like, hey, this, Betty, you're not done. This is a yeah. speed bump, and it's going to be this small of an And you know how many times I think about that? Virtually yeah. none. Virtually none. But the one thing that I want everybody to hear when we talk about depression and everything else is the idea that your story is somebody else's moment, and your recovery your slingshot effect back, you know, to like, I can look back on that and completely understand being in that moment Mm -hmm. and completely understand the whys and completely understand the, the, the voices and the drown out. And I mean, I can see all of that and hear it like it was yesterday, but that is hope to somebody else who doesn't see the light, doesn't see the vision, doesn't see the future, doesn't see an hour ahead a day ahead, a week ahead, a month ahead, a year. They don't see that there's anything there for them. It's just darkness and anything that they look at in the future needs that light of hope, needs that person with the torch carrying it down in front of them, needs somebody there guiding the way to go, listen, man, in 10 years, you're going to look back on this and laugh. And it's just going to be a blip on the radar. Dude, you're going to sit there and go, that was stupid. Yep. You know, but there are a lot of people who will never get to tell that 10-year story. Right. There are a lot of people who will react in that moment because of hopelessness. Right. Because of lack of resource. Because of lack of somebody being plugged in. Just needing to plug in. You know, and so when you see highlight reels and everything else, we don't feel like we need to plug into those guys because hey, well, life right. works pretty good. You got pretty much everything you need. Everything appears fine and normal. Yeah. Like you're not acting like you're sad. You're not. Acting How many times like in a suicide have you ever heard that statement? I thought everything was okay. Oh, for, so whenever I was in college, I lost my really close friend. I closed with him the night before. Like we hung. I was the only female that hung out with him consistently. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a clue that anything was wrong. Yep. His roommates didn't have a clue that anything was wrong. Want to see some of the best actors in the world? Go find somebody that's depressed and suicidal. Mm-hmm. They'll make you believe that everything's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Like and we closed, we had music on, he was dancing, he was acting like his normal self. We were fine. I said, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. And then he didn't show up for work. And I drove around town looking for him because like he would stay up all night, mm-hmm. like kind of like manic mm-hmm. and study and then yeah. fall asleep in places. So I went and looked and I couldn't find his truck. And then... 
his parents called work the next day and let us know what had happened. Yeah. And he was in the hospital. He was on the, the life support. Yeah. You know, didn't make it, but it was just, th- I mean, that's what we all said. We were like, we didn't know anything was wrong. And I felt like I had failed him as a friend mm. because I should have been able to tell. Yeah. I spent oh, more the time guilt. with him. Right, the right, guilt right. that follows. I mean, again, it, you were talking about. I knew about, what he wanted me to know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, the guilt that follows is the idea of, was I not plugged in enough? Did right. I not? Did I not pay attention? Yeah. Was I too self-absorbed? Did I, like, how did I miss it? Yeah, yeah. Same deal. I mean, and again, those were thoughts after the process with my mom of just going like, you know, how do you not know your own son is feeling this? You right. know, especially when it's her and I the whole time growing up, you right. know, so that all being said, I hate to tag this onto the end of your, your business. No, here, it's fine. Well, it's, it's, it relates to something that I'm doing now. So again, pivot. So I've, I've been on Etsy since 2012, 2011. I think I started in 2011. Um, some of the girls in the Wii group have Etsy shops. And so like initially when I joined, you know, like I gave my intro or whatever and said, yeah. and they reached out and we're friends now, but mm-hmm. you know, like I helped them. Um, and I've helped other people like giving them business advice, whatever. Cause like, I think that my own ideas for my business are shit, mm. <laughs> but I'm really good at like, if other people have ideas being like, okay, yeah, like, yes, this is, I feel like, are you somebody else's Jessica? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm that for everybody else. Yeah. And it's like ridiculous. And then, or like, if they feel like, like I'm just starting out or I'm scaling up, but like, here's all the pieces and I don't know which order to put them in. So I'll help them. So I do like business consulting, right. but I hate to just say that because it's not just business consulting, because I feel like if I, if I just lay out the business steps that you need to take mm-hmm. and I give them to you and we don't talk about your mindset and we don't talk about how you feel. We don't talk about how different events in your life have colored who you are now and the fears that you have, or the fact that you are stuck on perfectionism and you, you stand in your own way. If we don't talk about any of that shit Mm -hmm. and I just give you these steps and then I follow up with you in a week and you haven't done anything, we're both going to be frustrated. Right. But I failed you. Yeah. I didn't talk about the things that up to this point, have been holding you back to help you get through them so that you can take these first steps that you know you need to take. Right. So a lot of it is like unofficial therapy. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of, I have that face. I'm that person. Like people just talk to me and it's, I listen, like I listen, you have my undivided attention. And I think that's a lot of it. It's like, it's hard to find people who actually listen. They plug in. Give a shit. Right. Yeah. So I'll listen to them and I'm not necessarily trying to fix it. Yeah. I'm just listening and like, that sounds really hard. Like it's really hard for me to judge somebody. It's just it's just one of my things. Like it's if it doesn't affect anybody else's yeah. life, nobody else's. You don't opinion. walk in the shoes. You don't know the right. story. You don't. You don't know, right? Yeah. And so it's I'll I'll listen and try and relate. And then it, like it's funny like watching this weight lift off their shoulders mm. because they were just able to talk about it. They yeah. felt like like this is a safe space. I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to tell anybody. Yeah but then they feel better and then they've, they're kind of like talking through how they feel or they're talking through their fears. And then we talk about, okay, well, why are you afraid? And then we like my favorite game to play is worst case scenario. Mm. And I started doing that with myself when I was going through postpartum anxiety real bad right? because I, I would know like these crazy thoughts that I was having, like the fan's not going to fall on the baby, <laughs> right? but it could, yeah, you know, and like start to get worked up. But like, I know that that thought is not rational. I know that it's not okay, cool. So and then any other time anything has happened, like worst case scenario, well, what happens if we don't make enough money for three months to make the car payments? Yeah. Well, they're going to come get the cars. Is anybody going to die? No. Yeah. Are we going to be okay? Will we be able to go get another car? 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is it really that bad? Yeah. So I'll do that with them because they have these, these scenarios that haven't even happened that they've like built up into their mind. That's the monsters big thing. in the, the monsters, right? Mm -hmm. The gremlins. Yep. And so it's talking them down mm -hmm. off of that and then getting them to realize like, it's not that bad or it's not going to be that bad. That, that shit hasn't even happened and it may not happen. Yep. Or you're afraid, you're afraid of disappointing people. You're afraid of failing. Well, why? Mm -hmm. What happened in your life? Well, one time I, I, and usually stuff like that relates to a shame experience sure. in their life. Yeah, something so, that happened early on. Right, or, like I, I disappointed my mom and the look that was on her face. I never want to see that look ever again. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know. And so we talk about it and we talk about, okay, cool. Well, that's preventable. Mm -hmm. So let's do this. So that I tie that into, so it's like mindset coaching it's, I don't know what to call it. You yeah. know, like it's, it's business and mindset coaching and consulting. Well, whatever. The, the term that I've put on this is mentoring. I mean, you really right. are, you really are a sounding board for people and a guidance to them in a spot that they probably don't know what to do, or maybe they're just frozen. Maybe they're panicked. They're frozen with the fear of, I can make a decision here, but if it's the wrong decision, what if, right? right. The monster. Right. And so mentoring, and especially people who've been in the business for a long time, people who, you know, I can tell you this, if you want to know about hiring people, who the right people, who the wrong people are, all that other kind of stuff. Listen, man, I've done it for 35 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can give you scenarios. I mean, you think if you, you staff Walmarts for 20 years, you've seen you meet all everything, <laughs> seen everything, right? right? right. Um, but that knowledge is important to somebody who is bringing people into their business that they're going to represent the person I'm mentoring was the person you put at the front counter when they walk in the door. Is this who you want representing you as the business owner? Well, no, that's not. Then why are you putting are you them doing? at the front door? Right. But what about this? If I, if I could offer up this person to you, I mean, people have an idea of who they want, but then they don't, you know, when they sit down, they can be, it can be both ways. It can be like, I just wanted to get this done. So this is off my plate and they hire poorly. My statement to that is when you need people really bad, you'll hire really bad people. To the other side of the equation of you're looking for the magical unicorn that just doesn't pop off. Somebody else already has that person. Right. Why are they in the market? Right. If they're the the next best thing since sliced bread, why are they in the market? Right. Because somebody should have snatched them Some, up already. Somebody's going to have them. Yeah. Right. So a lot of the times you got to build those people as well, too. But you've got to see it in people. Right. And so when you mentor somebody and you walk them through that, you can say, listen, you probably won't find you know, Sally Joe customer service queen that can, you know, do wonders for your business. You're probably going to find Betty Sue over there that you're going to have to work with, <laughs> yeah. teach, train, expect, you know, all of those things. So, but you can build the next best thing. Like I told somebody earlier, you know, everybody's an expert, but at some point they weren't. Yeah. You know, so if they're the best at what it is they did, I promise you at one point they weren't. Right. And at one point they started. Everybody starts. Everybody's yeah. the beginning. I say that when people are like specifically like if their their business is product based, not service based. Yep. The first thing that you make, whatever it is, the first of anything that you make is shit. Because <laughs> it's the first yeah, one. Yeah, it's the baseline. Right? It's the prototype. Yep. Like, and it, my friends give me a hard time. I say give me a hard It's a compliment. It's the way they, but they'll say, is there anything that you can't do? Mm. Is there anything that you can't make? Mm. And I'll, I'll, but I say, I'm like the, like, I can look at the first, whatever I made and go, oh God, oh my, like, can I take that picture down? You know, but it's, it's cool to look at it and see like, that's where I started and look at Evolution. how far I came because yep. I didn't quit because I kept practicing and got better. Yep. 
right? And that's how everybody is. Yeah, you find better ways, right. more efficient ways, right. uh, ways that, you know, again, aren't going to be right at the forefront when you're doing it. Right. But again, but the, it was that everybody starts as a beginner. Yeah, yeah. It's something. But if you mentor people through this process, if you, even if you're not doing great right now, you're mentoring somebody who doesn't know and you can share that knowledge. Well, that's more so when I talked about getting put in a coffin and put in the ground, what do you want to be known for? Right. I want to be known for that. I want, I want to, be to be known able- for helping people. Yeah. Like, like I want to get to the end of my road and I don't want to look back and go, man, I had all these gifts and I wasted them. Yeah. The legacy that you're building. I used my gifts to the best of my ability to help others. I want to leave other people better than how I found them. Absolutely. You know, who knew we were going to get off. I know. Right. right? I told you this thing can go sideways at any given moment. All right. So let's bring this thing back around here. So your, your business right now, what we really want to focus back on is let's go back to Atlas bell studio because your, your hope is obviously 2021 definitely doesn't suck like 2020. And we want to start bringing that back around. But I think again, people listening to this today, Hopefully, there are people that that pick up and listen to this podcast or watch this video or whatever and look at it and go, I did not know this was a thing, just like I told you before I sat down here. And then that's somebody as these things start becoming things that we can start doing again and doing regularly or things that maybe we didn't even think we could do that we can and bring it into our own homes and do. These are things that people are going to find as potentially like mass, the next big thing, right? right? So... Uh, so let's talk about reaching back to you. If anybody's looking to reach back to you, you've obviously you have your Etsy shop, right? So you can go to it's Etsy.com slash, slash shop. shops slash shop. shop. Sorry. Plur- single single shop. Okay. And then forward slash Atlas bell studio. Right. I want to make sure you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's just at Atlas bell studio. All of that is singular, right? Phone number. I write down phone numbers and people kind of look at me like, I don't know if that's so right. I've had, I've had local people. And of course I'm like, how the hell did you find my phone number? That I'm like, it's probably on Google. Yeah. Dum dum. Uh, it's nine, seven, nine, six, seven, six, zero, six, seven, six. That's what I wrote down. I, I, just, I picked that phone number out yeah. whenever I was working at PacSun, there was a little AT&T kiosk yeah. like right in front of it. And he like gave me four to choose from. And I was like, man, that's like stupid. Easy yeah. to remember. I, I want that one. Yeah, give me six and seven <laughs> right, right, right. all day long. So, so yeah, I, I, that is what I have written down, but it does make me nervous. The last couple of podcasts I've done is oh, so they can reach you here. And they're like, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, if I there. didn't have it like online or social media, I'd be right. like, Oh, here's my business number. But no, I mean, it's fine. It's if, if I don't recognize it, I'm probably not going to answer anyway so just text me or just message me on facebook or instagram so booking parties you know let's start back at the simple stuff if you just need something that's customized gift for yourself for your for your home whatever uh, definitely a vein that that you really kind of started in right right but parties team buildings Girls' night out, all that kind I've of done stuff. Bachelor parties, co-branding. Baby showers, yeah. I mean, because even in your world, it can be they can be reaching back to you. Go, hey, Brittany, I really want to do this, but I want to do it at like a restaurant, maybe that serves some drinks and so stuff. So, like all, um, or I guess all, I say semester because of the college. I'm like fall semester. Yeah. Um, so in the fall, I I regularly did events at Ronin yes. downtown Bryan, yeah. and it was the goal was to help bring in traffic because right. they were hurting. Yep. Um, so I did events there like on Thursdays and Sundays. Um, I've done a couple at wildflyer at the meadery and those were a lot of fun. If you haven't been out there, it's gorgeous. Just like Ronan is I've done them at Liss's and Caldwell for the same, same, you know, just different events will come and all it's, it's public. It's open to the public. I'll post it on my page. I make the business a co-host 
so that it shows up, you know, like if you follow them, but you don't follow me, yeah. um, you go and you buy a ticket and you should first. So for those, I don't do custom designs. I'll bring a whole bunch of my stencils and like right. seasonally appropriate ones. And you just pick <laughs> one. You okay? Yeah. I'll pick one or you pick one while you're there and, and we paint and it's a really, really good time. Um, I had one of the GMs of the, one of the double Daves in town actually reached out to me yesterday about doing regular events. Awesome. She was like, I've seen that you've done this. I've never done anything like this. I have no idea. So I kind of broke down yeah. for like, this is, this is typically well, how it goes. And even allow know? somebody to challenge you, reach back to you and say, Hey, listen, I don't know where I want to have this thing at, but here's kind of what I'd like to do. I've had people do that yeah. too. Like, so they want to do it like for their group of friends. And yep. so then I'm like, are you guys okay with doing it at a local restaurant? Yep. So then it's like, like I know Ronan has room for us. Right. I know urban table has room for right. us, you know, places like, like anywhere else that I have connections. Like, um, I'm really good friends with the, the general manager of on the border. Yeah. I watch her daughter. I've, her daughter is, three and a half and I've had her since she was eight weeks old, you know, like I'm, your incidentals. Yes, she is. But I mean, they've become like family to us. Right. They're, they're going to have another little, they had a son, they lost him. Yeah. Um, they're having another little boy in April. And so that that's the only kid that we watch. But like, she's, she has said, you know, like if you ever want to have events here, yeah. let me know. Cause like sometimes people are like, Oh, I want to have one, but I, I don't have the room, yeah. you know, to set it. And it's not like we need a ton of room, but even like a room this big, like they don't have like a kitchen slash a living room where we could set up tables and paint. And right. so then it's okay, cool. I've got a couple of different options if you guys are okay with this. Right. So it's, I mean, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Like everything is figured out. And then out. if you want to do it in the comfort of your own home, obviously that's super Right. Easy. That's, and it, I mean, we make it work. Like I've, yeah. I've never been to one that I'm like, oh man, that was bust. You know, like at the end of it all, I'll, I'll joke and I'm like, well, that was a crappy way to spend a Saturday night, huh? And they're, you know, they're laughing. They're like, no, this was so wonderful. It was yeah. so much fun. And I, I always book parties off of parties because, you know, it's like someone who's heard of me or they've been to an event, you know, books one and then all their friends come and they're the same as you. They're like, I didn't know that this was a yeah. thing. Well, and again, you're creating the experience, right? The, it's, the, I'm the product at yeah. the parties. Like the it's, doormat it's a lot is, of fun. The doormat is just an incidental. It's what right. happens there, but you're creating the experience. So, right. and the experience can be created in a lot of different environments and you can guide people through that process as well too, whether they want to do it at their house, birthday party, anniversary, I mean, couples nights, all those things can all be a part of what you can create for folks in that. So right. Uh, and if you really, I mean, you've got some great, great product that's out there that people need to go and take a look at and then go again to your Facebook page. You've got Instagram page. And what then, else are you on? Are you on, are you on TikTok? No, no, I'm not on TikTok. On my, my kids, no. Okay. Well, I have a Snapchat, but I don't. Yeah, okay. I don't. And I'm like, I don't know how to use any of this. I, for, I'm you, on. So like a lot of my stuff is on Pinterest and it's really cool. You know, some people will be like, I saw one of your mats on Pinterest and it wasn't pinned by you. Like it was, you know, it was pinned or like shared and oh, multiple cool. times. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, something that's a little out of the normal. And so right. if you're trying to create something that's a little bit out of the normal that you just don't get to see, this is definitely an event process that they can reach back to you on. You can help facilitate that for them and their friends, them and their family, whatever that looks like in your own house. If you don't want to venture out into any of those areas, but maybe you want to make it an all in one deal. I mean, I, I think about, man, if I could go somewhere, eat, drink, right? Like if you can come do to this. double Dave's and paint a doormat and you're having pizza and you can have a beer or whatever. Yep. Uh, not, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. know that it gets much better. I, I like that. I like the restaurant ones. It's a lot of fun because, yeah. you know, and it's also like, especially like with Ronan, a lot of the people that came had never been to Ronan before. Sure. And so I was like, well, I mean, everything is great. Like, here's what I've had. This is my absolute favorite. You know, their drinks are really, really cool too. They've got a whole bunch of different right. drinks. And so that was a well, lot of fun. And if I'm a restaurant owner and I'm sitting out there, especially because there's a lot of small restaurant owners in our group as mm -hmm. well. And if I'm sitting out there and I mean, I, I, again, I keep kind of harping back on Dorothy at Twisted Tumblr. She 
she said, if y'all want to come in and serve food while I got a class going on and boom, 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 here's all these people that are doing that. If you're sitting there saying, hey, look, Mr. Restaurant Owner, I want to bring 10 people in. That's going to be 10 sales for you. That's probably going to be more alcohol sales, maybe even right. than food sales. If we sit around there long enough working and jabbing and right. everything else. We get else. through and there's like a bunch of bottles of wine <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah, Just but bring means, another one. Yeah. But it, that's the, that's the goal. It's right. like, how much business am I bringing you? Thank you for allowing right. me and my, my customers a space yeah. to do this. You're done. You fist bump out with right. that restaurant. We owner. win. Okay, cool. So next month, again. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how it works out. Yeah, exactly. I love it. So, it's a lot of fun. So I appreciate you coming in today, spending time with us. Girl, we are too. I know, it's running I think long. you beat Dallas. Yeah. I think you did. 240 is what I got on the clock there. So, And again, people are going to look at this and go, what in the world could y'all talk about for 240? Coconut doormats is what we talked that's about the it, whole time. Man. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. So this year is... It's looking a little bit different than last year as far as, you know, obviously, like, I'm not going to have the mask spike that I did last right. year. Um, I have shifted my focus to focus more on being a mentor doing consulting and helping because there's such a need for it like we've done masterminds a couple of times in the we group and last march um i instigated doing like emergency online masterminds because i was able to pivot but i saw that other businesses weren't and so it was okay well my brain works pretty good most of the time. I have all these business ideas. Like I understand marketing. I understand social media. How can I help you yeah. basically? Like, because I don't want you guys to struggle and I don't want you guys to go under. And so we did that and I really, really enjoyed it. And so it's okay. How do I do more of that? Yeah. Like, how do I help all these other business owners? Um, the lady that you said you talked to yesterday, like I've taken over their social media yep. because she was like, I don't have time. I can't do this. Yep. Whatever, you know, and yeah. I was like, cool. I can let me do it. Absolutely. Let me help you yep. because you guys are struggling. Let me, and it's, it's a lot of fun talking to people, hearing their stories, finding out why they tick yep. and then helping them realize like these hurdles that you've made in your mind that are super, super tall are actually only like this tall. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Like another, uh, one of my friends slash she's kind of a client now, um, she started this week and she said like in the middle of the week, she was just ready to write the whole thing off and it was awful. And she was just, she was very scattered and she felt flustered and all these things. And so we went and sat and had lunch and talked for two and a half hours and we both took notes and we wrote down. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, so based on what you're telling me, this is what you need to do to set your day up for success. This is where you thrive yep. and you're not doing it. Yeah. So let's try that. And then yesterday she fucking killed it. Yeah. She killed the day yeah. and she's done it today too. And it literally was just her mind dumping Structure. and venting. Yeah. Right. But talking about it and like, you're not alone in the ways that you feel mm-hmm. all of that is relatable. I've been there before too. Let's do this and this, let's move a couple things around and see what happens. Yep. And that's really, really cool. So I'm focusing on that. I'm still doing doormats. I'm still doing shirts. I'm still making all the things. The true heart of an entrepreneur. It's, yeah. It's okay. Cool. Yeah, and it's, it's such a struggle, like being a, a polymath or a multi-potentialite, like you get pretty decent at something and then it's boring because it's not a challenge anymore. Yep. So then I got to go do something else. It's fun. Like I still have a good time with it and I'll get like custom designs. And what's funny is like people will message me and be like, okay, so I don't want to offend you, but is there any way that you could put this on a mat? And I'm like, you bet your ass I could, you know, like you're at the right place. Did you see anything else in my shop? You know, but because I guess some people, they would ask me like, oh no, I can't. Like this one girl, she messaged me, she's local. Um, One of her friends had got an apartment and long before that they had already decided what they were going to name it. Mm. Um, And it was slut pad. (laughs) And she was like, 
I just is, I understand if you don't want to make it. And I was like, I would be honored <laughs> to make right. it. Because she was like, I promise it's not like demeaning. Like it's funny. Like yeah. we're all in on it and it's funny and it's a joke. But again, it's that like, I'm going to attract certain people and I'm going to repel certain yeah. people. And like, if you're clutching your imaginary yeah. pearls, my shop is not free. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is who my customer is right, right but, here. But my again, that's animal. like, I'm being true to me and yeah. who I am. And, and I appreciate all things funny and, yeah. and tongue in cheek. And yeah, so. That's awesome. Well, thank you for coming in today. I appreciate your time. Again, Brittany Lambert, if you need anything, this is your girl because you know you got so much stuff running around in your head i'm sure you can make it all produce pretty much so uh give her an opportunity to take care of you your family your friends again if you're looking for doing something just outside of the realm of the norm she's going to be able to deliver that potentially to your front door pretty much right there so, <laughs> so i appreciate you coming in today spending time with us good luck to you and your business thank you sir and as always man i look forward to keeping up with you and seeing how your business yeah. is doing in 2021 best of luck to you you too thanks guys have a good day thanks